Picture is one of the most violent films ever made. There are at least two dozen scenes of barbaric torture and sadistic cruelty graphically shown. If the presentation of disgusting and repulsive subject matter upsets you, please do not view this film. Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 123 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Lucas Van Sutton St. Croix, a.k.a. Mr. Slap Your Ass with my beaver pelts, also known as Moods. And of course, I've always got my two 90s babies up in here. With me, first up, we got the Mexican asshole who claims that his girlfriend is a rug muncher. Double Shot J, also known as JP in the house. And last up, we have the man who hates little dogs, hates long walks in the park, and most importantly, he hates everything about you, just like Ugly Kid Joe. NES Ruler 22, also known as Jeremy the Hater Jew. What's going on, guys? Well, if I'm known as JP in the house, I guess... I guess. The, Are you in the house, though? No, not that. You're JP in the house, man, because you're always in the house. You're always representing, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's going to be my rap name, JP in the house. JP in the house. That's like some true school <laughs> stuff right there, man. Like MC Ghetto Blaster. <laughs> Fucking yeah. JP's trying to cheat on his girlfriend, yo, going on Tinder all the time now. What's up with why that? Are you, uh, why are you just... Why are you just blasting me out like that? Dude, because I got you, bro. entire interwebs. I love I just, that. That Carly actually commented on the, what was it? One of the videos after and said, hey, for the record, I am not a rug muncher. <laughs> <laughs> because people are going to have to find you on there and t- take you up on going out on a date. Shit was fun. What, on Tinder? Shit was Yeah, fun. bro. T- Andy got me on Tinder. Uh, I used to kind of talk a little trash on it, but I've been fucking with it a little bit. Does, okay, I does that shit actually work? Well, he's got some titties already well, sent to him, so. Yeah, so, it, I mean, <laughs> I had, like, I've only been doing it about a week. Uh, I haven't actually met anybody, you know what I mean? I don't know if that's something that, that uh, I would necessarily do, like, right off the bat, you know? I mean, I I don't know. Andy, Andy do as does. in have sex with? Is that what you mean? Is no, do like just... go like drive somewhere to meet them. Like, I I, like that's that just seems like I don't like driving, and I sure in the hell don't like driving to places I don't know. So if it's like yeah. if it's like in my town, yeah, then yeah. Uh, but Andy apparently, um, not to shout Andy's business out there, but <laughs> Andy apparently thinks Andy definitely has had success using Tinder. Uh, I hmm. don't. 
I don't know how long he's been doing it, but I feel like he's been doing it a grip. So well, he's always uh, usually Mister Negative. So for him to give something a positive review, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, he was, he's the one. That, he's the one that was like, you know, straight up telling me to try it for so long. I've always so. been a little bit Sorry. fascinated with these dating services because I was married before these things became popular. You know, yeah. like really, really popular. So I never, I never used them. So I have no idea if they actually work for people or pe- I always hear people talking about them, but I never get like the full details. Like, did it work? <laughs> like, did, I mean, was she just like a total dog? Was she actually the person on the profile? Like, I don't know how it works, man. So, but uh, what about you, Jeremy? Are you on that on any dating services besides Grinder? <laughs> nah. Yeah, I mean, well, surprisingly, there are probably a lot of girls that would talk to you because, like, it really doesn't matter. Uh, like, there's there's going to be all quality of girls on there. It's not, like, just all tens, you know what I mean? Well, our ten wouldn't talk to me anyway. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. There's probably some like, <laughs> oh, thanks, that JP, would talk you to fuck- you. <laughs> You're a dick. What a fucking asshole this guy is. But, yeah, you know, so... I don't know. I think it's fun. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the end of Italian horror month. This is the end of Italian horror month. I, I was like, you know, I, 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 this is the first year where I'm, I'm okay with it. Like normally I, I'm like sad that it's ending this year. I'm okay that it's over. Uh, maybe, maybe it's because, uh, the types of films we watched this year, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the Argento films. Then we went into um, Bianchi. Bianchi, and those were cool. But that was like the first film that I that we did during Italian Month that I actually rated under a five with Massacre. So that normally doesn't happen. Typically, we've stuck to really good films, even even great films for the most part, you know. Uh, and then also, I felt like this year, I think that personally we covered a lot more non horror or like more less horror stuff this year than we have in the past. Like last year, I think back we did like demons and, and we did the Falchi films and stuff like that. And to me, like last year was, was a good year. The year before was a good year. This is a good year too. Just a different year because the amount of, uh, not just a lot of giallos. Yeah, know? like we we really covered a lot more giallos and 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 a noir film in in this year. Um, like you think how many of the films were giallos? Like almost like there was only almost all of them. Almost, yeah, almost <laughs> all of them this year, right? Besides Burial Grounds and Nightmare City and Cannibal Ferrax, so three. Yeah. So three, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and like last year we did, we did, a f- we did. Of course, we did giallos, but it seemed like there was a little bit of a variation between them. Uh, when this year, I me and Jeremy were talking about all this shit running together for the most part last week, and this year at least we had three very different movies. Yeah, but still had a giallo up in there. You know what I mean? Kind of. A little bit. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, like not traditional horror right like i think of last year and like i always think like zombie films are traditional horror and demon films are traditional horror but are you know giallo's not really are um cannibal films not really you know it's more like a uh primal horror not like a boogeyman or like a ghost or demon or 
zombie or something like that. So mm-hmm. it's like human horror. What do you think, Moods? Uh, what have I thought about Italian Month? I've really enjoyed it as usual. Third annual. You said that you weren't uh, overly that crazy about it ending. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I'm, I'm getting. I, I'm a little bit sad though. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I could do it for you know a few more weeks at least. You know. <laughs> oh no, thank you. As, as, <laughs> Jeremy's like. Uh. Yeah, but Jeremy, I mean, your opinion really doesn't count. That you hate everything. That's so, not true, bro. You do. You I'm just burnt out on watching fucking Giallos all the fucking time. Dude, yeah, it was a nice. It but you're was also a nice burnt out. Up. You're also burnt out on watching all the Patreon videos or pics. But have and, I done it? Literally, but have I done it? But he's no, not saying that you haven't. Done I, it. I didn't he's say you haven't done it. I'm just part. you have complained <laughs> you everything. You've not. You've complained <laughs> nonstop this month, and that's true. But all the move, all the featured reviews, all the Patreon picks. Yeah, of course you've done it. That's good because funny, th- funny story. Carly was talking to me at work, and she's like, she's like, I just because she's going through our backlog, and she's like, she's like, I just listened to that episode where Jeremy had to get on and apologize for not watching the movie last year. She's like, it was so awkward. <laughs> like, like, it was uh, the Doctor and the Devils. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that did. she's on like episode like thirty five or six or something like that. But it's the um, worst episode in the history of the show. Which sucks because I loved that movie. <laughs> yeah, so Jimmy, what are your opinions on it? Uh, well, you know, I kind of agree with both of you. <laughs> yeah. She's like, so she's like, awesome. at one point you asked him, like, what did he think of, like, the atmosphere or something? And he was like, uh, it was okay. And then she's like, he brought up a completely different question and asked you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, See, it would have been, nice. it been nice actually too if you had to watch uh, Torture Chamber because that was the first episode. That was the first episode that me and JP went head to head and were arguing about a film that we didn't that we were disagreeing on. And I it, think it, it was the second because the first one was the woman. Oh, okay, well, my point being is that we're sitting here arguing. I was like, Jeremy, what are your opinions? Well, I don't know. Kind of agree with both of you. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> We're like polar opposite on this. How could you do that? Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of funny, but... Jeremy's like, fuck you guys. No, <laughs> I'm not like, fuck you guys. I'm just letting you do your thing. Keep but my mouth shut. To, I mean, it is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. <laughs> I've watched every single fucking movie since I've come back. I've done everything I was supposed to do. Everything like that. So, fuck you guys. Didn't, yeah, never, you did. And that's very that good because that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no Italian month, man. I, I mean, I'm obviously looking forward to next year. Uh, obviously, there's going to be another Argento because JP said if we don't do Argento four, he's quitting the show. So, Pretty much. So Go ahead, let him. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and the other directors are up there, and that's always exciting to me. You know, looking forward to something for the next year and stuff. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that Rigero Di O'Donnell is going to get thrown in the mix next year. But uh, yeah, you know what, man? I watch Italian so, films so, so not much. Counting this one. Mm-hmm. What is what was your favorite week this year? Um, my favorite week last is, week it was probably this week. Yeah, this is the this show week. Yeah, yours was last week, Jeremy. That's my second least favorite week. And I, I, I didn't mean in yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make. I didn't really mean in terms of films. I just meant in terms of like the show, like oh. out of the three that we did. Well, the one with Don was shitty, so that's already off the table. So I thought that uh, one was good. Oh, I'm just fucking with him, you know. It's just, it was a joke, JP. God. 
you know, my sticky note says I can only say a joke once, so at least let me say my joke once. But but you, you you're already breaking that rule because you've already made that joke many times. When? <laughs> when did I make that? You joke? did it on the last show, man. You even said that exact same line on the last show. That's funny. So breaking your own rules, man. Breaking <laughs> your own rules. If you're gonna set so, if you're gonna set rules, you gotta fucking you gotta abide by them. Oh, go fuck you. Go fuck you. What is go that fuck mean? you. Who are you? Fucking that that fucking idiot from the group page there. Fuck you and this post. Hey man, at least I don't say stupid shit like that. Okay. That was pretty dumb. That was that. He was came out of nowhere. Dark. He's just ring. Just fucking pull this wang out and fucking put everything. <laughs> oh, on the he table. was throwing For- fucking hot darts, man. It was like whoa. But the, but For- he said the most stupid thing. He's like, why would you post this in a group where it's for filmmakers and stuff? I'm okay. like, dude, what the hold, fuck? Hold up. So whenever you guys talk about something, and you got to realize that like a, a vast majority of the people listening don't have any clue what we're talking about. So oh, a little them. back there. Okay, here's here here's the short and long of this. I made a post like a day or two ago, and I took the Hollywood sign in in Los Angeles, and I crossed out wood, and I wrote rape. So it read Holly rape. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, and, which, and, it was and, very crude and ugly looking, but it was. Well, still it, that, that was the point. That was the point because it's it's ridiculous. I just did it quickly while I was at the hockey arena because the thought popped in my mind and I was like, "Hey, that's kind of funny." Um, because we were kind of on the subject of me and the wife were talking about uh, who's next to come out mm-hmm. with some shitty. Because I'm like, man, all of our heroes are going down in flames right now. I'm like, who the fuck is next? And then I just got mm-hmm. this idea. Anyway, so I posted this picture and I just said, "Burn Hollywood, burn." And it really didn't get any attention until this guy, like, just started throwing up heated darts at me by saying, fuck you and fuck this post. How do you, he said something, how do you dare put this in a group page that uh, um, is for filmmakers and shit like that? And I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about, man? (laughs) Like, first of all, this is totally appropriate for this group because it's about cinema. And second of all, it's my group. I'll post what I want to post, but it is related. And honestly, like, I find it absolutely ridiculous because his argument basically is that, like, and he didn't make much of an argument, but just from the context clues of, like, who he is, he's a filmmaker. He probably works in the industry, obviously. And to see the industry painted in a bad light uh, upsets him. Now, to to me, uh, I see no correlation between, uh, you know, not being able to say something about... Uh, you know, criticizing what's happening. Yeah. And, you know, it it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, what what, what way does it with make Harvey sense Weinstein to not... or something that's going to affect... People talk... I've heard, like, a million people talk about it, like, legit, like, at work. Like, so mm-hmm. many people were talking about it. It's like, how's that going to affect you talking about it? You should fucking talk about it because it, I it's just affecting your industry. It's like... I don't get the mindset that, like, because... Like, we're going to ignore anything that sheds a negative light on Hollywood because that could affect our job. That That's not how it's supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you can't, you're not just going to sweep shit under the rug. Like, that's exactly what – like, that's terrible. That's exactly, Except, like, what – Well, that's what created this whole – that's what created this yeah. whole mess in the first place. And, uh, and that's what we don't do on this show. We don't uh-huh. put things underneath the rug, man. We put it out in the open. And, and I mean, it was relevant to – everyday conversation i mean i've been hearing lots of people bringing it up like holy shit man like you know kevin spacey here about kevin spacey blah 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 it was totally relevant like i mean i don't understand where you're gonna get how could you possibly get so 
offended by that when it's true. It's a joke, yeah. but it's not a joke at the same time, right? I mean, come on, dude. It's, it's just the way it is. I'm sorry that the shit's going on, but, you know, I thought it was funny. I mean, maybe it's a little tasteless, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I'm not going to apologize for doing something like that because I'm not the one out there raping people. I'm the one making fun of it and bringing light <laughs> to the and bringing light to the situation. I mean, Christ, no one said anything for so long. Why not joke about it now? <laughs> you know, whatever, man. Fuck those guys and their fucking feelings. Fuck you, Zimmerman. I hope you're listening to this. You're an Probably asshole. Not. You're an asshole. Well, you obviously he's, never, he's, he's definitely not listening because no. he left because he left with his tail between his legs like yeah. a fucking well. And clearly, he didn't know that we even had a podcast. No, no. Who added him? That's why I don't add people. I I well, do a very group, I really care analysis. less. That's stupid. I do a very You're stupid in- as fuck. When it comes no, to I, that. I, I could care. You less. are. You says, are dumb. If it says if it says created Facebook on November twenty fourth and they're trying to add a page and it's somebody from fucking East Asia who looks like a fucking well, yeah, dumbass, dude, I'm not going to add. Literally every page. single red flag ever. But what you said made no sense. You said who added him? No, based I looked on at their what, profile. If based they, on what if they context, literally have like no friends, okay, no but common friends. So what, what, how okay. is that relevant to this? All right, maybe not him, but I've, just <laughs> See, in general, you guys, no you guys just add to fucking everybody. Why no, not? I don't add anybody, everybody, but it, it, I'm not against it either. Who cares if they if they do something dumb, we kick them out, dude. If your name isn't, then I'm gonna fucking add you. Yeah. You know, and let's not forget that the group is not just about the podcast, right? Like, there's no, that's completely untrue. That's com- listen to us. No, you're right. It's not just about the podcast. It's 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 about us individually. Oh yeah, we're the stars, right? So fuck Jason Zimmerman. I hope you get raped. <laughs> I'm not cutting. Uh, that out. So yeah. Uh, one thing that I wanted to say is we, we did those surveys and I got a survey today that was like, do you guys have a place where you keep your hall of fame titles? And I think you guys should do maybe a spotlight on some of them one day. And, uh, I just wanted to point out that, yes, we do have a place. If you go to www.22shotsofmoodsandhorn.com, you click at the top of the page there's a spot that says hall of fame and hall of pain and you'll be able to see where we where we keep these uh two um i guess lists right yep. it would be list dark halls hall of fame i mean I, ha- I have to say man the website that we have for this podcast is pretty easy to navigate through click onto the home page everything's right there you can't miss yeah. it. You like literally can't miss it so unless your name is Sinnerman. Simmerman. oh yeah so that is rhymes dub- with cinnamon. Cinnamon is- <laughs> Simmerman. Dub dub dub. Twenty two shots and moods and horror. It's no different than suck my wiener. Dot com. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was that was the 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 main thing that I wanted to kind of let everybody know that hey, the website is there. Check it out. I mean, we get we actually get like really good traffic mm-hmm. for not posting often, uh, and. I think that that's cool, but there's still a lot of people that forget that, hey, all this shit is there for you guys. It's been brought to my attention that a lot of people do go to the website to check the ratings page. That's what they're checking Mm out. Yeah. I didn't really think people cared that much about ratings, but, you know, people are going there solely just to check ratings of past reviews that we've done. That's cool. Yeah, I I also think that it's a great 
great tool to be like, oh, has have they ever talked about Frankenfish? You just yeah. go there, and hit F, and then it's like, oh yeah, JP did talk about Frankenfish on episode X. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that's a really neat, nifty tool there. And that I always and you also know what else F stands for? Fuck Jerry, Jer- Jerry the faggot. Oh, okay. you're, here we um, go. I broke my <laughs> rule. I broke it, but I haven't said it in two weeks, so I had to say it. So what I was kind of getting at there is that I, when I listen to podcasts, I always wish that there was a search option because like sometimes I'll remember them talking about a movie and I'll be like, want to go uh, see if that was the movie that they were talking about or, or like re-listen to that part to see if it was this what I, what I was thinking or whatever, whatever reason. And there's like no way to track down which episode a movie was mentioned on. So like I, that's why I wanted to create that little system there whenever we actually made a podcast, which I thought was you know awesome. And, and thanks uh, to Rob for Buffalo for keeping track of that shit. Absolutely, Rob from Georgia uh, Big ups to sends Rob. me the ratings every week, or not every week, but every once in a while he'll s- send me them. Um, he's all caught up now, so now I have to get caught up. But I was so far because behind. Because that mofo, that mofo fucking releases a lot of tension between us because I never sent JP the ratings and he would get all butthurt and we would always fight about the ratings. So now we don't have to. Exactly. Thanks to Rob from Buffalo. Because exactly. it's literally one of the easiest things you got to do for the show is send off. Do, like, don't you have it written down? No. Just copy and paste it on fucking send it Now on I do on Letterbox. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so easy. Well, it wasn't not that only that he wouldn't send them. It like, was that he wouldn't send them in the format that I used for the website. So I'd have to retype everything, which is almost as hard as just doing it myself. So, like, we, we would argue about that all the time. And it would just. It, so, yeah, absolutely. Rob, thank you. You're probably actually saving the show because that was one of the things that we argued about all the time back in back in the day what the first time jeremy was on here in the d yeah so uh thanks 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 a what lot, did you guys Rob. pick up for black friday i was actually going to bring that up so like we're we're the format of this show is um different than it normally is we're we're kind of only doing what we watched in the featured reviews we were supposed to have a guest on but unfortunately they uh either canceled or couldn't make it uh, we're not really 100 percent sure we're going to leave that name uh, quiet just in case we do have him on in the future some be a surprise but oh, i um, forgot his name already so I was yeah jeremy doesn't even know who he out, is so. yeah <laughs> uh, uh but you're lucky because i fucking would have blurted it out so yeah i know that's why i was trying to hurry up and say that before you said something but uh so instead of like a tradition the reason we didn't have news is because we were going to have an extended what we watched having a fourth person uh, and you know, extended reviews having a fourth person's opinion on the featured reviews. So instead of doing all that, I figured maybe we could just say like, "Hey, is there anything that you kind of wanted to talk about that you saw in the news or Black Friday this week?" And the only the main thing that I saw newsworthy is that uh, Vinegar Syndrome announced a couple of titles for their Black Friday sale, um, and one of them was the Ice Cream Man Blu-ray, which I was like super psyched on yep and the other two was what liquid sky and disconnected yeah yes <clears throat> so did you grab any of those i no. grabbed ice cream man <laughs> i didn't <laughs> i but wanted I, liquid I, I sky really but i didn't want to spend 25 bucks you know yeah that was that was a little pricey a little pricey mm-hmm. for that i just grabbed ice cream man support mr clint howard 
Yeah. Ice Cream Man is super cool. And I as soon as I looked at the special features, I was so pumped because uh, one of the special features is the Monster Vision segment when Ice Cream Man aired back in like the 90s. Which I, which I watched live when it happened. They actually had Clint Howard come in. It was part of Joe Bob's summer school. It was in the summer uh, where he was like, would have like, I think um, the week before he had, uh, uh, what the hell's his name? John Waters on. Uh, so, oh, yeah. yeah. It, it was Do you really believe neat. that fucking mofo Andrew Schroyer doesn't know who fucking John Waters is? Do you believe that shit? I fucking posted 90s McGee 90s is but who the fuck doesn't know who John Waters is I mean I didn't know who John Waters was before I started podcasting and I've still never seen a John John Waters is fucking awesome man we've seen his stand up so good it's like how do you not know who he is yeah I know him from this film is not yet rated mostly Uh uh-huh which is a great documentary yep Anyway, but, go on. So Black Friday happened, and uh, this was the first year where I, I didn't really have money put away for it. So I only got a few things. I didn't really take advantage of, of much. I did buy uh, Annabelle 1 since I already have Annabelle 2, and I bought The Conjuring 2 since I already have The Conjuring 1 uh, to kind of pad out my Conjuring Universe films, uh, which now there are four of, which is pretty cool. And uh, I got like the King, the new King Kong movie. Um, I got Life, that movie that came out this year, and I got Thirty One Rob Zombie's Thirty One. Oh, and I finally got a hold of Tremors Five uh, because I didn't have that. These just Amazon and I, deals. Uh, Amazon and Walmart. Mm. I, I got it. I missed the Blair Witch. They had that for six bucks too. I saw. Blu-ray. You should have told me. Uh, I, I mean, I just didn't buy it. I mean, I, I've oh, seen you saw it. it. I just, yeah. Yeah. What did you get, Moods? Mm, I, uh, I hit up the 88 film sale. Uh, I grabbed, like, five of the Italian collection Blu-rays. And Vinegar Syndrome, I picked up Liquid Sky, Ice Cream Man, Disconnected, The Hearse, and... I don't know what the fuck... Oh, Psycho's Did in Did you love. get that... Uh, Hearst limited edition. No, I was already gone. I don't care about the okay. slipcover to be honest. It's like a honestly, pretty shitty slipcover. Honestly, cover those too. those slipcovers. When I heard the one of the guys from Vinegar Syndrome talk about it, um, like they they pretty much did the limited edition slipcover. They wanted to do limited editions to go along with their regular releases, but didn't know how to differentiate them. So they was just like, oh, we'll just put a slipcover on them. Yeah. So, so that's what they're limited. It's literally a slipcover is the limited edition. Now, some of them are super cool, mm-hmm. like Jack Frost. Not Ice Cream Man. That's a shitty that, slipcover. That, Honestly, demon one, that demon one is fucking demon one. Like the lenticular on that is pretty cool. Demon Win, uh, Ice Cream Man were really cool. You um, think Ice Cream Man's cool? Not, not sorry, not Ice Cream Man. Demon Wind and uh, Jack Frost were really cool. Mm. Uh, I was thinking Ice Frost. Um, Ice Cream Man, but, shit. Yeah, Ice Cream Man, not great. Liquid Sky is really cool, but honestly, any of the other ones like Corpse Grinders is kind of lame. Like, there's, I, I honestly don't see the value in the slipcovers personally, and I honestly hate that they do that because it just hikes the price up on the blu-ray for a piece of cardboard yeah you know what i mean i really don't care about the slipcovers either man um i mean i could see if they were going to be doing 
limited lenticular ones. I think that has if a little bit more. If they were all lenticular, yes. absolutely. Like, yes. Ice Cream Man should have probably been lenticular. That's I thought it actually was going to be. Like, right when I clicked on it, I was like, oh, it's, oh, it's not lenticular. I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, honestly, I don't really, it doesn't bother. Like, even with my 88 films, like, I have a couple of ones with slipcovers for those. I took them off. Because I don't, because I don't have all of them. Yeah. You know, so it just looks fucked, man, because it actually covers up, because they're all numbered, right? And it just looks funny on the shelf and shit. So I actually took off the three or four I have. So I personally don't give a shit about this, these slipcovers either. So I honestly wish that I could not give a shit. Because if I didn't give a shit, I'm I would OCD. not worry about it. Like, if like, I, I pick up like a, a Vestron and it doesn't have a damn slipcover, like, I'm just... I'm just like, oh, hell no. Like, and that's why I'm getting worried about not owning Slaughter High yet, but it's up in price again. I saw, I, did- fucking, I saw Warlock for 17 bucks. I almost bought it. Yeah, it went down. Right. I actually picked Wait, it up the other day, too. you not have Warlock, Jeremy? I don't have anything past Wish. Why the hell would you not buy Warlock for 17 bucks? That's a good deal, I'm man. Cheap. Cheap. Dude, it's 17 bucks. You will never find it cheaper than that. Yeah, I know pretty good man yeah man slaughter high is like 45 bucks here <laughs> i'm not grabbing that That's i've seen ridiculous. it for 20 why is that one so pricey for... they are always pricey yeah fucking unholy still 28 it hasn't went down that's crazy they actually sent me that one dick so yeah but they're very hit and miss like sometimes yeah. they do sometimes they don't i don't yeah. know um but I think it's because there's a different person who does it like every time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't like me for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Black Friday is always fun. Uh, I did a lot of Christmas shopping during it. That's why I'm broke as hell right now. Uh, and I think that in terms of like sales and stuff, I didn't think that it was overly shitty. great. Honestly, I thought it was a shitty year. I thought it was a shitty year. It sucked. Super shitty. Like, I don't know I about Amazon.com. I, I thought this year was better than last year, honestly. <laughs> I don't. Was there lots of good deals on Amazon? Because I didn't see shit. Like, I mean, there was a few I titles I thought I'd get, you know. films for like four bucks each. Yeah. Like, the Annabelle I, and. Carter. Yeah, yeah. A couple, couple things. Yeah. They had, I, wasn't even I, I wish I would have the... grabbed the, uh, Planet of the Apes. They had the those for like $4 each on Blu-ray, too. Oh, yeah. Um, which, the, not the, um, the, like, the newest ones. Yeah. Uh, Rise and Dawn. Wait, which was yeah? Rise, Dawn, and more. Yeah, I mean, really, one of the only catalog titles I was looking for was John Wick too, and that one was too fucking. It didn't really wasn't even on sale. I'm like yeah. lame, so I didn't fucking buy anything. I bought Bullshit. a few things, but yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, I didn't see any news happen this week, really. I, I only I, saw one thing. What was that? Halloween got delayed until January. The shooting, not the release date. Yeah, right? yeah because why did it say they're still casting they haven't got their casting done so they had to push it back till january to start production i mean that's a good reason to push a film back right if you're like looking for a a good somebody to fit your roles Mm -hmm. and you haven't found anybody but i don't know we'll see if they still make that release date um they were pretty confident in it they like guaranteed it pretty much Blumhouse did so we'll see uh, oh, I saw a little bit of news. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. With the, with the um, Children of the Corn film, The Runaway. So obviously, we know that Dimension rushed Children of the Corn, uh, Runaway, and Hellraiser Judgment into production to uh, retain the rights. Um, like probably like two years ago, at this point, 
or a year ago at least right a full year ago at least mm-hmm. um and they're still not out but they've been completed for a long time now so uh somebody did i think it was dread central was it uh did some digging and they were they they couldn't find they reached out like to the director oh and the director is um dude who did feast what's his name Gulliger, one of the Gulligers, right yeah, pull it out. Something I have like, it right here. Yeah, it's something uh, like that. John Gulliger. Gulliger. Yeah, that's yeah, Clue's like that. son, right? Yeah. So, um, I think he did the Runaway, uh, Children of the Corn. Did somebody and get raped he in this production? Wow, well, probably. I'm, I assume is, is, so. Is, but. Is, that, is, that, is that what's going on? Is that what the holdup is? They're trying to figure out some shit. No, like that? I think it's the all internal. Up is that Dimensions is like fucking not doing like they're just fucking crumbling right now. They're you know done. what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's what needs to happen fault. is those ne- rights need to go away. Yep. Like right. somebody else needs to get the rights to those films. Uh, but anyway, hmm. the actress who's in it, the lead, I believe she posted on like Instagram or something that it's supposedly gonna. It, they had to do some um, uh, additional ADR uh, recently, so uh, I guess it's still like being made. You know what I mean? So still in post. So, yeah supposed to have like a february march release date according to her so we'll see you know um i mean i i honestly liked the last children of the corn that came out so uh i'm not even gonna i'm, I'm kind of interested i'm always interested in those honestly mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell i can't even remember what the fuck it was called now revelation no genesis genesis, genesis that was it man yeah i always surprised that you liked that one man yeah, it was awesome. I, no, it wasn't. Awesome. It was not awesome. I no. thought it was great, honestly. <laughs> no. Look at this shit. Cinnamon would like to be your friend on Facebook. Fuck that, dick. He, 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 he's, you? he's trying to be friends with you? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking priceless. We were just talking about that cunt. That's so funny. Declining that shit. So, yeah, I mean, that that's like all I saw from you is that. Did you see anything, Mintz? Um, no, no, I, I really don't, <laughs> I don't follow the news <laughs> much. I, I like for you guys to announce it so I can feel surprised on the show. So, but that's it. Nothing. That's all I, that's all I seen. Like, obviously I didn't go out and get news this week, just in the, my memory. Well, I mean, you know, the things I usually see are stuff that's posted in our, in our Facebook and stuff, but honestly, it's been pretty quiet it's been quiet man with news it always is towards this part of the year honestly yeah it really is so all right well yeah i mean ball sack barnes and nobles having a 50 percent off arrow sale man you're fucking stealing all my shit i was on top of that shit i was posting to the masses everything that i found this week on black friday 88 films code red arrow happened that was Synapse looking- announced their Suspiria release. <laughs> oh, and, <laughs> and by the way, what the hell was up with the... Was there like a... Was the price wrong on that thing or what was going on? Oh, that's I don't said. know. Because the picture had it at eighty nine ninety five or something. Well, you went to the some website, people would like say, 49? well, that's suggested retail, but those things are exclusive to the Synapse. So. That's what I said. <laughs> I said, how could you that be wrong? I mean? It's yeah. 90 bucks on Amazon. So oh, is it? I'm looking so at maybe it right they are now. doing a wider release then. Pre-order the eighty nine ninety five. Dude, that is so, absolutely fucking lunacy. So if you get it 90. through Synapse, you're gonna pay forty five then. So it's a triple disc steelbook for ninety dollars. 
of one movie. What the one fuck movie. are they thinking, Matt? <laughs> Who's going to spend a hundred bucks on that fucking thing? Probably people. A lot of people. That That's so much money. I mean, obviously, pe- scalpers out there are going to go after this thing big time because the price is already high. Once it sells out, they're going to sell it for like four or five hundred. Yeah. Or they're just going to re-release it in a standard case like they always do. Yeah, they'll probably announce that they're not going to and then they'll drop it. I think it we're going to get a JP since we got a press release. The Steelbook? No. Yeah. No. No. They won't be giving out Steelbooks. No. I don't know. We'll get the standard release when it comes out. I don't even know if I'm getting anything from them since they changed PR people. I don't know. I guess I I'm going to so. have to wait till the standard comes out because there's no way I'm paying for that shit. What'd you say, Jeremy? I spoke on getting shit, so. I mean, but I I've been getting stuff that I already got confirmed. Did you get those troll movies? I didn't ask for those. What were they? The placenta one? I didn't ask for them either, but they still showed up. What is it? Send them my way. Send them to someone who cares. Uh, it's, it's middle finger and. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. The looks... placenta one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> well, it's like either. space, space. It was a- the thingy. A- NX. The thingy. No, I didn't get those. Oh, the last I got... one I got was Death Dream. But I had already been confirmed with that from Fred, so. Oh yeah, I just oh, get, I got that fucking. These are cocksuckers. Uh, Death laid an egg. I didn't ask for that. Yeah, I'm fucking jealous. That's that called epics. That's that was, not even that. That was. $31. It is. It came from fucking Fred, dude. Oh really? He told me that he didn't do those ones. Well, here it is. Yeah, that shit was thirty-one dollars pre-order. I was like, oh man, weak sauce. I didn't really? ask. They keep sending me shit I didn't ask for. They sent me... That's one I haven't fun- seen before. I w- I'm really looking forward to checking that out. Funeral Parade of Roses. Which seems pretty cool. But I didn't All ask right. for it. Yeah, well, you... No shit. You told me that he was putting you on, like, a auto-send list. What the oh, fuck are you sh- talking about? <laughs> I don't want these shitty movies. Literally, then so fucking send you, them you to someone that wants that. to review them. Could tell send them send me the trauma shit, then. Because you're never going to watch those. Probably. Probably what? Jeremy I already have a to... box full of shit for you, so. <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, if any movie we... you're never gonna watch is gonna be those traumas, unless someone patreons you to do your fucking reviews. It's <laughs> ah, fucking funny. But it's true though, right? So. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So that, I, I, I have no interest in buying. I, first of all, I would not buy the Suspiria one if I didn't already have the Tenebrae and um, Phenomenon one anyway. So. Uh huh. Yeah. That's it. Well, okay. <laughs> Sweet. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for? If not for shedding. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Oh yeah, moving into the dub 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 portion of the show. That is what we watched. Yeah, where we go round tree, review some films, give some ratings, and pass the baton. Who wants to start this week, fellas? Who's going to say first? I can go first. <laughs> All right, so uh, first up, I... Long pause. 
Huh, let's see. Hmm, which one should I tackle? All right, first up, I watched Death Dream, which is from the year 1974. Which, I don't know, lately I've been watching some movies from 1974. It's like I'm getting a head start on our top 10 of 1974 when we eventually get to it. Ooh, that's a tough year, uh, man. That's a real tough year. It's a really good year so f- so far from like everything that I've seen from it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Death Dream is is no exception to to that uh death dream is a bob clark film i believe yeah and bob clark of course did black christmas uh, as well as the other greatest christmas a movie christmas ever story a christmas story <laughs> uh and death dream very interesting movie uh jeremy you have a copy of this i recommend you should probably check it out whenever you have some spare time after some patreon reviews uh and this movie follows uh a family who are kind of a they seem like a a very normal family it's a it's a husband wife and a daughter uh and they're having dinner one night and uh they're talking about their son andy who uh we learn is off in vietnam um and basically they get a knock on the door uh, and it's uh, some military servicemen who comes with you know that dreaded yellow envelope uh, and, you know, you kind of instantly know what that means, right? Uh, so Andy has been killed in Vietnam, which I got I got to say, man, like for a horror movie, um, that was a very, very emotional scene. Like I, I just 100 percent felt it. You know, the family's reaction, the 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 wife's reaction, you know, she just lost her, her, her baby. Um, it was very heavy stuff. Very, very heavy stuff. Uh, brilliantly done. Um, and then. You know they 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 have to deal with that that grieving, uh, but meanwhile uh, we learn that Andy is not in fact dead, and he he gets a, a ride from a, a truck driver. He comes home. He just shows up at the house one night, uh, but something's off with Andy. Like um, he he does not seem himself at all. Uh, and then there's basically. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a very metaphorical film because, and this is how I took it. I think that the entire point of the film is, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is in the result of being to Vietnam. So like he's a ghost slash like zombie, whatever you want to call it in this movie, but it's metaphorical for, uh, not being yourself once you've come back from that. Right. Because it, it, it's like it's very, very, very good. Like I, I, I truly thought this film was great. Um, there's so much social commentary on the Vietnam War and soldiers and the effects of war uh, on you know the human psyche, and also uh, a lot of um, commentary on the way people perceive you when you come back from something like that. Uh, and I. I thought that you know it, it's it's kind of a slower film. It's it's more like psychological. Like there's not a ton of like gore and like kills or anything like that. There are some deaths in it. Um, there's actually a death of an animal, which was really dis- really really fucking disturbing. After this week, really? <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, it's, after Cannibal Ferox, how much more fucked up could it be, bro? Well, the, I mean, I'm not saying this is this is not. This is fantasy, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it's different when you 
kill like a fucking monkey or something than the the, the death of the animal in this film. It's yeah, not, but that's all stock you know, footage, man. It's shit that you know. It's it's natural natural ge- geographic shit, man. Come on. So Whatever. yeah, this this is you know a actual dog which it doesn't actually die in the in real life at least i fucking hope not um but it's you know very very disturbing because like we like everybody knows that is the one animal that you do not kill in a movie right like if you're gonna kill any animal uh the worst one you could possibly kill is a dog because it's man's best friend um very disturbing i thought the acting in this one was so good man like i really really believed everything that was happening from the the father's hard reaction uh to his son who's like kind of spaced out and and not there to the uh wife's you know um want, wanting to believe that her son is okay and and things like that uh and then there's even some like you know other commentary with the father and and the neighbor who have both been in uh served in the military as well and and been to war or something and you know kind of their reactions and and the differences between like world war ii and like vietnam um and yeah i I mean i i really don't have a huge negative huge problems with this film at all like i thought it was I thought it was so good, honestly. Like this is like right up my alley. Like I always say that there should be more. I mean, it's technically not like war horror. It's not like Death Watch or something like that. It's just um, dealing with that in a, in a, such a great like metaphorical way that I thought was so cool. And uh, Bob Clark, man, he's got chops. Uh, I'm gonna come in at eight point five out of ten on this one. Uh, I think it's good. Yeah, man, you're bang on with the metaphor for the war and and how people perceive, you know, the uh, the vets when they come back and stuff. Hundred percent bang on. It's it's such a it's such an emotional film, man. <laughs> I do feel you, man, uh, with the dog in that film. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why do you have to do that? <laughs> you know, it's like it sucks. It, you know, it's just one of those things where I, I completely hundred percent agree with you. When you kill dogs, it seems to have that type of effect on the viewer. Yeah. It's weird. Maybe man. I'll it's... watch it for next week now that I have only. But yeah, I, I feel pretty. Wow! Look at this unprofessionalism. <laughs> is bitch. that yeah. fucking grinder? Right no. there? Or is that Tinder? Sorry, man. I always get him fucked up. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, man. Uh, I have a recommendation for you. Who, me? Yes. If you are. Well, obviously, you just said you are a big fan of Death Dream. Um, I would highly recommend checking out Sella Tersica from fred vogel it's basically his version of that film oh yeah yeah hmm. it's really good man it's really really good stuff so yeah uh there was a one from trauma that was pretty good too called combat shock yeah oh yeah combat shock completely yeah um yeah actually you know camille Keaton's- but what about my fucking favorite master of horrors episode bro that episode sucks <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite but i no, like it no um, yeah, even Camille Keaton's even in uh, the Fred Vogel film, too. It's kind of cool. Mm. But, uh, yeah, no, I would recommend that because it's kind of an interesting story, man. You know, I always thought that it was pretty ballsy of Bob Clark to make that film in 1974 because the Vietnam War was still going on at that time, too. It's kind of cool to, like, touch on that type of post-traumatic syndrome and stuff like that. And uh, while the shit yeah, was, was still going on. Yeah, it was on, very, very, very close to... yeah. The time period of of the vets returning home. Yeah, it was. Yes, I think um, I think seventy five is when they all returned. But uh, but yeah, I mean, technically, it was still going on. Pretty cool. Pretty interesting stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. I guess Jeremy. I'll go next. So we'll be talking about a film that was uh, asked to me to review by some motherfucker on the Patreon. I don't know who. From the year 1962. It is the Spanish-French co-production of The Awful Dr. Orloff, directed by Jess Franco at this point. Jesus Franco. This is a very uh, simple, uh, clearly influenced by Universal monster film uh, movie. Very, uh, like I said, very simple. It's one of the first you know, known Spanish horror films, or it's credited to be one of the first uh, Spanish horror films. So we follow, of course, Dr. Orloff, who has a daughter who was unfortunately uh, burned in some kind of accident. And he is basically going around kidnapping the women of this small town. And he's basically doing the eyes without a face type of scenario where he's uh, using the skin from his victims and putting them on his daughter, hoping that she will ultimately uh, become normal once again. And he has this henchman called Morpheo, and he's basically uh, this guy who's blind, and he's basically does whatever Dr. Orloff says. And I think he's been in a few other films that um, Jess Franco has directed in the past. I think he's the recurring character of uh, Jess Franco's stories that he tells. Uh, I think he was in... Uh, Revenge in the House of the Usher I think I read something else Moods probably knows more than I do about these movies but it's a very simple movie it has okay set design has okay cinematography it's nothing like amazing it didn't like blow my testicles off my body or anything like that whoa 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 whoa. hold on you have balls very funny um the the henchman is is interesting looking i guess it's very low 1960 budget effects uh looks like they just fucking put a a goat's eye to his face and glued it where his eye socket would be and that would be it i mean it's okay didn't really surprise me but you know i gave it a six out of ten Six out Watch of Eyes Without a Face. It's a much better movie. Well, yeah, Eyes Without a Face. Is, but I, I like Dr. Orla. I think it's a good film, and, and, but you are definitely 100% correct. It's kind of like a love letter to like Universal-type films. It's where you got the idea for that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very, very similar. Just not as good, but yeah, I agree, though. Um, yeah. We follow like this detective who's trying to solve the murders and solve the mysteries and, and everything like that. It's very cut and dry by the bones it is interesting though if you if you were familiar with jess franco films from like you know the the period of the the early 70s mid 70s when he went really exploitive and very uh-huh. sexual you know his films got very sleazy let's put it that way if you were familiar with those first and you went back and watched this one this one is like really good yeah <laughs> right? the production value just just the whole style of this film is so much different than his work you know 10 12 like 99 women yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it got super sleazy, and you know, he just—I mean, he covered a lot of bases with his filmography, but well, you've seen fam- big difference. Vampiro Lesbos, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking the guys in that, the monster, isn't he? Mm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, don't yeah. I don't know. Franco's kind of all—he's all over the map, but it says Morpho uncredited. Yeah, so maybe, maybe. wasn't it? Yeah, could have been. But you know, it is what it is. I appreciate watching it because it's interesting to see different kind of 
uh, influences from Universal in different countries and how much Universal really did influence a whole bunch of other different kind of countries, monster films. And you could see it in this for sure. So, you know, check it out if you guys get a chance. It's not going to blow your balls off or anything. So, mm-hmm. All right. So uh, first film I watched this week is from uh, 1978, and it's called Nurse Sherry. This is a Vinegar Syndrome release. Uh, you know, I didn't pick this one up right away because I didn't know anything about it, and I actually thought it was a porno. If you look at the cover, <laughs> it looks like a fucking porno, so I had no interest in it. And then Zach went and told me, he's like, no, dude, it's actually a horror film. I'm like, oh, shit. So I looked into it, and I was like, goddamn. Totally blew my mind. So uh, this one, it's directed by Al Adamson, who I've seen a couple of his films before. I've seen Psycho A Go-Go, which is also known as Blood of Ghastly Horror. It was released by Troma. It's the film from like 1967. And it might even be one of the worst movies ever made. Like it's worse it is, than else? It, oh, the, I, it's definitely like a .5 out of 10 too. It's so fucking bad. I know this movie had like a, a shitload Jason of production. Jason gave Alice a 3 out of 10, bro. I couldn't believe that shit. 3 out of 10. That's so generous, man. But this movie, Blood of Gassy Horror, is kind of like, it had so many production problems and, and shit. But anyways, so you kind of have a general idea of what you're going to get yourself into with this low-budget filmmaking. He also did Brain of Blood, which was one of those films shot in the Philippines. It was, uh, I think they talked about it in Machete's, um, Maidens, Machete Maidens, um, that documentary, the Filipino documentary. So um, Dracula vs. Frankenstein, he actually did that one too. So, you know low low budget type shit and this is actually one of the very last films that he did i think he did two more after but um nurse sherry basically is about this uh this kind of evil pastor type cult leader uh in the beginning of the film we get this guy he's trying to resurrect one of the fallen cult members is like (laughs) it's in this scene which is pure belly laughing hilarity man it's got him doing all this voodoo type bullshit and it's got this his cult members chanting and it's so fucking funny to see but anyways he's trying to resurrect this person anyways he has a heart attack so they rush him to the hospital where this doctor and of course nurse sherry they they can't save him he actually dies um so then he ultimately possesses uh sherry and he goes out on a rampage to try and kill everybody that was you know apparently responsible for his death so it's one of these films it's like it's like avenged if anyone has seen avenged from like recently uh mm-hmm. it's kind of like that where a girl gets possessed and you know it's this person out for revenge and shit like that so so ultimately sherry has no idea that she's possessed and people start getting picked off one by one man this movie is just so hilarious i mean by standard filmmaking wise it's pretty bad it's edited pretty poorly. It's acted like ridiculous. Um, it actually has the uh, uh, kind of, I guess, not really a warning, but it, it tells you about the filmmaking process where um, the film was mostly shot in 16 millimeter. And they actually went back in and they did some reshoots, but they shot them in 35 millimeter. So you can see, <laughs> you can see like the quality differences every once in a while in the transfer, which is actually kind of cool because you can kind of differentiate between what scenes they put into the film after and stuff. And there's this one scene and it's so out of place. I can't believe they went and reshot this scene, but uh, there, there's this nurse and she's in the mirror and she's kind of looking at herself and she just like pulls out her tits randomly. <laughs> it's like the most fucking random thing so that you can sounds t- like the fucking next movie i'm gonna talk you about. can tell like the producers probably saw the cut of the film and they're like hey we need some more and, and basically what it is it's mostly the nudity scenes sex scenes and kill scenes and stuff like we need a lot more of this shit so they went in shot and these scenes all look awesome because they're in 35 millimeter <laughs> it's <fucking laughs> so funny dude but ultimately this movie is 
fucking hilarious, man. There's awkward, really awkward scenes with nurses and patients and... Oh, it's just, it's so bad, but so entertaining. I never laughed so hard. I was watching this shit going, this is just brilliance, man. Pure brilliance, but, um, yeah, man, but it's nothing special. Like, the kills aren't that great and stuff. I think the highlight of this whole movie is actually the scene where Sherry gets possessed. It has, and it might even be, the single most cheesy effects I've ever seen. It has, like, this green type of mist apparently is like the spirit of this cult leader and it like invades her and i think it goes in her pussy <laughs> like that's how she gets possessed but it's like whenever whenever mood says pussy it just makes me laugh <laughs> he says pussy in such a funny way it's like pussy 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 cat pussy dog pussy horse pussy white pussy yeah man <laughs> but early pussy I can't even explain the hilarity of these effects. Like, you would have to see it for yourself. It's so funny. If you can appreciate these type of low-budget, shitty films, I mean, this is not by far the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It's actually pretty entertaining to watch. Um, but it's not great either. I mean, this is a hard one to watch or to rate because I really enjoyed watching it, but it's really fucking bad at the same time. Uh, I do recommend it, though. If you're a fan of Vinegar Syndrome and you know type the type of quality films they put out, definitely give this one a shot. It's... Nothing what I thought it was going to be. thought it was a goddamn porno. Um, but I'm going to come in at about a 4 out of 10 on this one. It's terrible, but I'm still going to recommend it, man. you got to check it out. It's pretty funny. For just those effects alone, the the green, misty, shitty effects. <laughs> I'll just never forget how bad it was. I actually want to go back and check it out again. It's pretty funny. But yeah, Nurse Sherry, man. You like your 70s exploitation. Check it out, man. It's Vinegar Syndrome. And actually, and I will say... I will say the Blu-ray actually has two different cuts. I only watched one cut of the film and I think the other cut has like some more sex scenes and I guess it's called the exploitation cut. So maybe I'll go back when I rewatch it. I'll watch that cut. But uh, so yeah, there's apparently two different cuts. So producers had some say in this shit. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So <clears throat> next up is uh, continuing off of what moods just reviewed. I'm going to be talking about vinegar syndrome film as well. Uh, so still working my way through these titles. Uh, we had one from 1988 here. This is uh, in a double pack here. This is this is a good release from what I could tell. Uh, it's uh, two films by Roberta Findlay. Uh, Findlay. Findlay? Uh, which I was interested, you know, instantly intrigued because it's a female director who's directing horror films, which uh, we normally don't see a ton. I don't know much about her. I actually don't know anything about her other than she directed these two films. And I believe I read online that she might have had a background in uh, the porn industry uh, or the adult industry. I'm not 100% sure, honestly. So do that research, guys. Uh, I might look more up about her after I watch the second film. But the first film in this pack is Prime Evil from the year 1988. The other film in it is Lurkers, which I haven't watched yet. But based on the trailer, they played a million times when I fell asleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Prime Evil. Have you guys seen this? Either you? Well, I know Jeremy hasn't. Probably. You know what? I actually started to. I got about an hour into it. I still. Got, I still need to finish. I fell asleep one night. <laughs> so yeah. So Prime Evil uh, is about a group of monks that basically, in if they sacrifice one of their family members to Satan, every thirteen years they uh, get 
they turn immortal for the next 13 years you know what i mean so like it lasts for 13 years which is kind of weird that they did it like that but like every 13 years they essentially have to sacrifice one of their family members and they get immortality which is is cool sounds familiar maybe i have seen this i I mean i would do it like if if i could get (laughs) immortality (laughs) like 13 years is not a long time but if you keep doing it then it's it works it works itself out so um uh this one follows so the the daughter the granddaughter of this this monk she's going to be the one that's sacrificed because she's a virgin and the reason that she's a virgin because she's clearly in like her 20s uh is that her father actually used to like sell her bot like she would he would like take money off of people to let them take pictures of her naked or something. So it's like kind of uh, <laughs> a little scarring emotionally, uh, you know, so that's something that's something messed up. Uh, it's also kind of set on Christmas, which is interesting because everybody was talking about blood beat, which was like the Christmas horror film that they put out uh, at the same time. Oh my but, God. Um, <laughs> technically this one, technically this one is also set on Christmas just not a t- there's a there's a few scenes of, of christmasy stuff but yeah. it's not a ton of stuff uh it's also in set in new york which is pretty cool because there's like tons of um actual like outside sh- sh- you know shooting and, and stuff like that which is uh 80s new york which is cool uh it doesn't have the like grittiness that that most films have from that era but uh, i still thought it was a neat setting um i, I think that this one is a little messy it has a lot of things going on. Like it, it feels like, cause there's like this girl who's like a uh, ex drug addict too. And then there's this other guy who's like going around killing women who you think that I thought that like, maybe he was after like the virgins, but like, then he kills like this meth or this uh, heroin addict hooker. So like, it doesn't really make sense that he would be doing that. Um, and then there's like, uh, this, other girl who's like her the the lead girl's friend and like there's there's a there's a nun who is like uh trying to infiltrate like it's just like there's a lot it's like a little messy like it just feels like there's too much going on um for the story i think you could have like made it a little bit more basic uh it, it, there's a lot of um there's some like good nudity and stuff and th- there's a little bit of gore and things like that i i mainly was like really in interested mostly in the like ludicrous plot of like the 13 year virgin sacrificing cult uh to me that was really cool but they don't really focus on that a ton i feel like this movie could have been a a, like a straight up cult classic had they like streamlined the movie a little bit more um and not made it so messy and maybe threw in like a little bit more exploitation or like exploitative type narratives because like on the surface it, it could be like a cheesy 80s flick but then underneath there's kind of this level of like uh grossness with like the the father taking pictures of the young girl and stuff when she was a kid um and you know the the the, the, like sacrificing of your virgin granddaughter thing that's going on like so it's (laughs) kind of icky underneath but it's like i wish they almost would have went a little bit a little bit even further with that and then kind of dialed back on on the some of the wonky storytelling a little bit it probably could have this probably could have been like one of those films that like like is like a straight up cult classic but i think it falls a little short i still really enjoyed it though i thought it was pretty cool uh, it does start going dragging a little bit towards the end there's like a sh- cheesy like satan 
doll like animatronic thing that doesn't really look like satan (laughs) (laughs) uh but who knows i don't know what satan looks like so um yeah i I think i'm like kind of struggling with a rating on this one i'd I'd probably come in at a 6.5 out of 10 i still think it's worth watching transfer is really good like most vinegar syndrome releases Mm -hmm. um But I'm I'm really excited to check out Lurkers, which is the other film that she actually directed before this film. I don't know why they headlined it with Primeval, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So that is my second review. All right, cool. Next up, we have a film recommended to me to review by Mr. Sam Edwards from the year 1974, directed by Gene Rowland. My first film that I've seen by Gene Rowland, and it's <clears> called. <throat> demonics from the year 1974 like i just said so this movie it's a very weird lower budget so film. you're preparing for the 1974 show too huh <laughs> yeah this one probably won't be on there though uh <laughs> from what i understand by moods is in my discussion this is lower on the list of gene roland films uh so we follow three shipwreckers uh two guys and a very hot lady, Jonelle Coror, who's a very good-looking missus, I have to say, and a captain. Uh, they come across a wrecked ship one night, and they are looting it, and the captain and Tina, which is the lady's name, are fucking for some reason while the other two are looting it. And they come across these two women who come across out of nowhere. Uh, they ultimately rape them. And they leave them for dead, and they go on their way. Uh, the next day, the captain starts to go crazy because he gets a little bit too drunkity drunk, and he thinks he's seeing uh, these two women's bodies in this bar that they're drinking at. So they decide to go back and finish the job. But uh, fortunately, these two women are gone, and they ultimately stumble across this island which is run by this clown, this lady dressed up as a clown. Very weird and this other man and they ultimately make a deal with the devil to uh, uh, seek revenge on these three people and Tina this lady and it's a very weird movie it's very slow film because you don't understand if uh, these girls are really dead or is it just the captain going crazy and these other people are seeing their ghosts or did they actually you know are they actually still alive we, we really don't figure that out and i think that's like a main problem with the film they never say that throughout the entire narrative and even at the end of the movie we really don't know what's going on and then it happens again at towards the end of the film i don't want to ruin it but it, stuff happens again and it's like it's just really weird and the entire film somebody either has their tits out or their muff out like literally every shot of the movie there's somebody in the background yeah. with their tits out or their muff out and and uh Jonelle Corr she has a really epic muff like it's insane like I even sent a picture on the face to JP and Moods like look at this muff like it's an insane fucking bush but it's a it's a it's a slow fucking movie it's a hundred minutes could have cut out a quite a bit of it there's like some tracking shots that shouldn't be in there that go on for way too fucking long and things like that uh you can tell it's a probably made i don't know too much about gene Rowland, but probably made uh towards the ending end of his career when he was making a whole bunch of interesting movies but it it, it it's not like so bad that it's unwatchable but i just didn't find it that interesting myself i mean so it gets it gets better as the movie goes on but 
uh, the 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 acting is not very good. So um, I, I give this one still a six out of ten. It's still watchable. It's still enjoyable. You can still get something out of it, but it's not anything mind blowing that I've heard from Gene Rowland. So probably not a good first, uh, you know, uh, first watch from Gene Rowland. Well, at least you know what you're getting yourself into a little bit. <clears throat> it's not one of my. I, I it wouldn't make it wouldn't be in my top five Gene Rowland films. But, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I mean, like all Gene Rowland films, it's kind of like a lot of Italian films, you know, too, man. They do benefit from another watch because there's there's always going to be that weirdness, that unsettling value to all these films that, you know, you almost have to, like, you know, replay it again. You know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this was definitely one of them, too. I watched this one first time. I think I actually fell asleep the first time I watched this movie, to be honest. So I had to rewatch it, but yeah, it is what it is. Six out of ten. Yeah. You know, it's still good. I mean, he always has decent atmosphere, beautiful women in there and stuff, and he does a lot of titties. He, yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Can't really insane complain. amount of titties, insane amount of muff. Like girls just like standing on rocks with their muffs hanging out for no reason and stupid shit like that. There is some cool shots in this film, though. I, I like the bizarreness of it. It's just it's not one of my well, personal like, favorites. Well, it's like. There's some really horrible continuity going on when they're fucking in the boat with Tina fucking burning alive or almost burning alive and they're like trying to rescue her. It's like it's very disorienting the way that that sequence is shot uh, because it's clear that uh, they shot it from the interior, but they didn't know how to shoot the exterior at the same time with the burning ship. So it's fucking smoke machines and it's trickery and things like that. It's very shitty sequence it's probably the worst part of the film to be honest yeah i'd have to re- i can't remember exactly yeah. the extent yeah, of that yeah. but yeah all right cool man um Guess we'll find out more in two weeks yeah Maybe i mean well films. just put it this way man two two of the three films are like my two favorite ones yeah so who knows you guys might like them you not might not um next up here is a patreon pick um from Mark Lethem, Mark Lethem, I think he, yeah, he, I think that's how you pronounce the name. I'm not 100 percent sure, but anyways, I think, I think it's Liam. Is it Liam? I think it's L E H A M, right? Or E H E M. Oh yeah, I forgot to say with my Doctor Orloff review. Fuck you, Shutter, for not having subtitles on a French language film. Yeah, that was weird. I did see that. That is bizarre. Fuck. Like, yeah. why the hell am I watching this shit and there's no subtitles? So, fuck you. Maybe they have a very big uh, French audience that we don't know No, about. Dr. Orlov is... Well, I think it was in French. I don't think it was in Spanish. But or anyway, Spanish. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, Patreon pick from 1995 uh, with a film called Mute Witness. Uh, I, INDB classifies this one as a horror thriller. I, I would classify this film as a straight-up thriller. Um <laughs> Like I don't really know why this one gets lumped into being a horror film because it's it has all the specs of being a straight up thriller film. Um, so basically, the story of this one is uh, we follow our main character Billy. She is a American working in Russia. She works in the film industry. She's gotten a job working on this low budget slasher film through her sister who is actually married to the director. So, um, But the thing is with Billy, she's actually a really good uh, makeup artist and stuff, and that's her job on the films, do the makeup. And um, the other thing about Billy is that she's also a mute. She cannot talk. So 
Yeah. Uh, so one night, you know, she's been working on this film and uh, she's kind of late leaving the studio and she kind of walks by this room where this dude's filming the sex scene and she thinks that she witnesses a murder. This dude likes fucking this chick and then all of a sudden she gets chopped up and they notice that <laughs> she has seen this and so they try to get her and um, she eventually escapes kind of thing and then lets the police know and stuff. So that's, uh, you know, kind of the setup to the film. See, the thing that kind of separates this type of thriller is that our uh, protagonist is mute. So she can't completely. Really? I couldn't figure out by the title. <laughs> well, yeah, she can't. <clears throat> she can't exactly tell people what she's seeing, what she saw and stuff. But there is a really cool angle to this film is that. I do like the setup of this movie is that she's a makeup artist and they use the argument in the film that, you know, obviously the people that are being accused of murdering this girl, uh, they're just saying that it was make believe and that she should know the difference between make believe and real and stuff. So they use this angle in the film quite a bit. Uh, it's, you know, the first hour of the film is actually pretty well set up. It's pretty thrilling. I like a lot of the, the developments within the narrative and stuff, but it gets super, super clunky in the third act of this movie. It goes, it almost has like a really strange tonal shift in this one. It gets a little comedic. It gets a little, it gets a little clumsy. It gets a little bit clumsy with the, within the story and stuff. And some of the characters start making some really odd decisions and strange things are happening and stuff. And it just, it doesn't fit the first hour of the film because I really like the development. Like there's actually a part in this film where the bad guys who are, or, you know, people that are accused of doing this, uh, basically snuff film, um, that end up convincing the police that, you know, what they shot was completely fake, but they'd actually given the police a different tape of, of a different scene from that film, apparently. Uh, so I thought that was actually kind of a cool development within the film and stuff, but, um, all in all, you know, it's actually not a bad film. Music's pretty good. I think it's acted really well. The lead character, uh, Billy, played by Marina Zudna or something like that. She's actually a Russian, plain and American, working in Russia. <laughs> so, but it doesn't really matter. She's mute. She can't talk anyways. But she does a really damn good job of pulling it off. I think it's really believable. Like, I mean, it's to the point where you would actually believe that she is mute. So that's actually a huge plus to this film. I just think that, you know, this one goes into a place where I'm like, what the fuck? There's multiple twists and turns in this one, which are kind of cool at the same time because she gets involved with this one character who may or may not be involved with this whole snuff industry and things like that. And, you know, that's kind of cool and stuff, but it also becomes very predictable within in the third act of the film because this character all of a sudden just kind of shows up. And you're like, why is this character here all, all of a sudden? Um, I, I just felt like they developed it a little bit too clunky. It stumbled over itself a little bit too much. But all in all, it's still a pretty damn good watch for a mid-90s thriller. This is not a horror film. Um, and I, I, I like the subject matter. I like them dealing with this underground uh, snuff industry. you know. And I, I think that's really cool. I think it's something that's not explored enough. I like that whole thing. You know, the whole, are snuff films real or are they fake? I like that whole argument, man. It's kind of cool. I wish they'd do more of these type of movies. But uh, all in all, it's still a pretty good watch. I'm going to give it about a 6 out of 10. It's not mind-blowing, but um, it just needed a better ending. It really definitely needed a better ending. I think this one would have been probably a couple points higher. But still a pretty good uh, job for a mid-90s thriller. What was that film that we watched for 1996? It made all of our lists, or a couple of our lists that Brandon kept hyping. Oh, the uh, Spanish film? Yeah. 
Do you remember that one? Oh, I do, man. The one in the school? About the, yeah. Yeah, dude, what the fuck is it called? <laughs> it's only slipping my mind right now. Because that, that one was about, like, are snuff films real or are they not type yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and I like that one. These movies kind of pop up every once in a while with the whole snuff Sandman. thing. Yeah, and I like it, man. I wish it was explored a little bit more, you know, so. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so, uh, I guess this would be a pick of the week. Um, this film is actually, you know, kind of shout this out. Uh, probably when this episode airs a couple days later, uh, our next Netflix and chill episode will be out, uh, me and Carly's. So, and it actually, the featured review is, is this film here. It's uh, another evil from 2016, uh, getting its wide release in 2017. <clears throat> and, uh, this movie was, uh, very interesting. So it follows a, <laughs> was, was there something funny? This whole movie is fucking funny. Oh, it's okay. so fucking I thought, I th- weird. I thought you were hating. No, um, I love this movie. It's so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, this this movie, uh, Jeremy has seen it before. When did you see it? You saw it a while ago, huh? I saw it in October of 2015, two years ago. 16, right? I guess it was, yeah, 16, last <clears> October. <throat> yeah, because this film wasn't Yeah, last October. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a movie about a guy and his wife who uh, he's an artist in at their vacation home. He basically sees a ghost, uh, and it's not like one of those like, well, is it real? Isn't it real? Type thing that it's like the audience knows that like, oh, okay, so like in this movie, like ghosts are real, and he's seen one, and he has them in his house. Uh, so uh, he hires this guy to come in and check it out like a ghostbuster type dude and this guy is kind of like yeah yeah you definitely got some ghosts in here but they're not mean so you know don't fuck with them don't fuck with them he's like well what do you mean like i don't want him here and he's like he's like you mean i have to live with him and he's like no no you get to live with them like (laughs) and it's it was like really funny like that guy was funny already um and then uh basically he's like very unhappy with that solution being just live with them so he hires this other guy named oz who (laughs) is like much more serious about it uh than the first guy and basically he's fucking hilarious though homeowner dan and oz uh basically camp out at the house the family uh, uh, Dan's family is is staying at their regular home or whatever, and they basically begin to bond bond over this ghost catching experience. But uh, things kind of get weird because Oz is not like your normal guy. Like he's clearly very awkward. He's a very eccentric um, person. Very yeah. eccentric person. <laughs> um, he's very much like one of those type of people that will not like they can't take a hint. Like, they just, they are going to hear what they, like, they want to hear. Like, <laughs> like um, they're the type of person where you're like, oh, well, you know, I'm getting kind of tired, so I think I'm going to go to bed. So, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, uh, so, like, you want to, like, go to, like, another room or, like, <laughs> something. And it's like, no, I'm cool here. <laughs> you know, like, that type of person, right, that just, just yeah. does not know how to take a hint. Um. There, there's like I guess this movie is like technically built as like a comedy, but it, it is there's like some so fucked up shit going on in this movie. <laughs> so, it's like such not a like 
comedy, quote yeah. unquote. Like it's so the the subject matter is so dark that it yeah. is funny. Like yeah. it's not to where it's like it's not slapstick comedy. It's not over the top comedy. It's literally just like it's, situational comedy. Yeah, I it's think like, it's because he's awkward that it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Or like it, he doesn't get the hint, like oh, I'm gonna call strippers because we're in a good mood. Yeah, and, and, like, he, and so sure. so <laughs> as they begin ghost hunting, uh, there's a few things that are very off putting to Dan about Oz. Like first they're hitting it off, and he's like, you know, like you could tell that this Oz dude really wants to be friends. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and so like at first it's like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I like you're a cool dude, you know. <laughs> but then it like becomes like too much. Like it's like invasive. Like he's naked, invading the pri- privacy. Well, that was the big turning point in the film that's where you would probably leave off the story um but yeah there's there's a huge turning point in the film where um for some reason oz is like just naked standing in the kitchen and like, that really like freaks dan out uh and that's like the beginning of the end right there for this type of awkward relationship the odd couple uh, yeah it's it's a, it's a very 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 good movie um yeah. i thought it was thoroughly entertaining we do a mega like full length review on it me and carly so please check that out we've been gone for netflix and chill for months like it's been like half a year since we posted one but uh we come back now um so definitely definitely support that guys i I really like that show um if you guys want to of course but uh i'm gonna come in i think this film is definitely like a top 10 contender for the year uh so if anybody out there is looking for films to kind of pad out their list and and last minute uh, films that you want to check out for potential placement um definitely check this one out it's available on shutter um which and is dark sky technically a shutter exclusive but me and jeremy got into a little debate on what that actually means that makes sense because uh, he's, he's subscription service exclusive yeah it, it's 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 kind of a f- like nice like cheating way to say that you have something exclusive because you are right to a certain extent too like to the average person exclusive to me means that they're they have it exclusively but it's not it's not it's been on dvd you can rent it but like you could do all these things to to see it but shutter i guess has the subscription streaming exclusive (laughs) of another evil uh which i love when shutter has their shutter exclusives because i like most of them i really do there's a new one just dropped uh like last week they pretty much get one like every week it seems like at least like a couple a month uh so i'll be checking that out sooner or later but uh another evil uh i'm gonna come in at a solid eight out of ten on this one Uh, i definitely think it's a contender for top ten of the year though so check it out if you haven't jeremy what do you what do you rate this film uh, let me see. Look on live box. Uh, eight and a half. Yeah, that's exactly what I rated it to. Yeah, it's a funny fight. It's a it's oh, it's a funny movie, but it's like I think it's funny because it's awkward, but it's also a very like JP said, a dark and twisted movie. There's some oh, it's super dark and twisted, un- man. I, I, yeah, I, dude. Dude, the guy's Oz's performance is just priceless, man. Yeah, he was killing me the whole movie. In a fucking jam-packed theater, so I think that that yeah, the acting, the acting just... was great. I, I will say I got pressed for this when this film was being made, um, as did Jeremy, obviously. 
uh, and when it was being released. And I honestly was not very interested in it because it. I think the cover is atrocious. Like it's just it doesn't look telling. Like, well, I passed it, it, over on this man because of the artwork, and then Brandon yeah, told me to watch it. He's it, like, it no, looks he's like, like a reality TV show or something. He's like, no, like check that, it out. He's like, it? he's like, it's the per. It's one of those prime examples of a film that you know you would obviously passed over because the artwork is so atrocious you know and not even um, think twice about it and he's like no seriously check it out i'm like what the, the one with the two heads on the cover like that one and he's <laughs> like yeah man he's like it might be uh, a top 10 contender i'm like what the fuck is seriously oh dude i have me in stitches man suck me right in that was a funny ass and every year it seems like there's a really good horror comedy yeah um, man i think this i think this is the one for this year that's Honestly, there hasn't been a whole lot, has there? Yeah. I know. I if you go back to 2015, right? Like w- uh, that show that we did with Exploding Heads, the, our top 10 show. And we kept talking about how many horror comedies there were. And even 2014 had a bunch with like Housebound and stuff like that. Uh, and then like the, I'd say the last two years, they've chilled out on them a lot. Although I did really the year like of Art House. One movie that made me fucking laugh pretty hard this year was uh, uh, Don't Kill It. Yeah, I see that one. Yeah, <laughs> with Dolph Lundgren, it's got a great. Oh, prem- I have it. It's got a great premise to it, man. It's basically about this. I heard it's actually quite good. It is, man. It's got a really cool premise. It's <clears throat> basically about this demon that, when it invades your body, if you kill the person that is possessed, it'll automatically possess you. Hence, don't kill it. So it's got this. It's got you kind of have to work around and shit, but it's pretty good, man. It's got there's one great scene in this uh, church. It's fucking awesome, but that one actually made me laugh pretty good. And uh, um, oh, what was the other Peelers? Bye bye man, bye bye man made me laugh pretty good <laughs> because it's, it's bad. <laughs> Did you see Peelers? Nah, that one was actually pretty funny too. Pretty good shit. So yeah, only a couple horror comedies this year. Pretty minor. All right. Cool. Rounding out the month of November's Patreon picks. Jesus, so fucking many. Um, pick of the week. I don't know who the fuck gave me this, but it's the Belgium film from the year 2004 called Calvair. And this is directed by the same guy who released um, Alleluia a few years back, two years back, I think. Uh, very weird, misery inspired kind of a movie. Uh, it's it it is pretty slow at points i think that's like the biggest negative of this movie that it takes a while to get going and then when it gets going it really fucking goes and goes and goes until it gets to the end but i that, like i said I had everything the biggest the biggest knock against this film it was a uh, pretty slow. fan of eli who gave that to you all right hey Thank fan you, of man. eli you'd be excited about next week's show yeah hostella so hey, we follow so, uh, what I said sorry, good. So we follow Mark. Mark is a uh, a performer, I guess that's what you could say. And he like goes around to all these clubs and things, and he sings songs and shit like that. And one day he's driving home from one of his uh, events, and his fan dies in the middle of these woods. It's ultimately rescued by this guy named Mark. Not Mark, a fucking Boris. How can I forget Boris? It's such a fucking common name. Uh, Boris. Uh, he brings him back to his house. He takes him to like this inn. Decides he's gonna stay there, and then he'll fix Mark's fan, and he'll be on his way. And of course, shit doesn't go to plan, and we learn that Boris has some pretty uh, dark stuff going on in his life. And the people around this inn in the forest are a little bit fucked up. And there's 
some bestiality going on and stuff like that. And ultimately, it all ravels into this half an hour or so climax of amazing, amazing cinematography uh, and and uncomfortableness and and fast editing and things like that that makes a very uncomfortable uh, climax. But to get to that climax, it's it's pretty slow. And the last like ten minutes of this movie uh, has some of the most amazing, amazing. Uh, tracking cinematography that you'll probably see in a independent horror film it's absolutely amazing as uh, as we follow mark as he runs through these woods as he's chased by these hoodlums it's absolutely phenomenal and and like i said it's it's definitely influenced by um by misery in the sense that boris is a little bit obsessive with mark and making sure he stays and things like that and he he contributes to the things that go on in this movie do I love this movie? No, I don't love this movie as much as some people love it. I, I think it's still a very well-done, well-made movie, and it has a lot of uh, subtext about, of course, uh, the signs of the cross and crucifixion and stuff like that. It's definitely in the last act. It's a main forefront. Uh, Cal Fair means the series of the crosses, I think, in, in Belgium, if I stand corrected, but... It, it's a film that I think everybody should see once. Uh, I know it's not the easiest movie to find these days. You can still find it all the time, but back when Hastings was around, you could pretty much pick it up regularly. But now that I think they're gone, it's not the easiest movie to find. But if you like a different, slow burn, not a body count type of a movie, art house film, then you'll definitely like this one. So check it out. I gave this one a 7.5 out of 10. Was was that the film that was originally picked for one of our what we Zach, watched? Zach was supposed to or not what we watched? Really. Our um, viewers' choice, like one of the very first viewers' choice we did, mm. but we could we couldn't find a copy. Was that the film? Yeah, actually, yeah, it is. Zach was supposed to send it. Remember? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, and then we never reviewed it. Is that a Christmas movie? Mm, I don't it takes so. place on Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't. If it takes place on Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. Sure. <laughs> well, I have a copy for you, JP. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll trade you this Amityville Six. <laughs> you what a fucking dick! <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I found one for two bucks at my buddy's shop, so I was like, okay, nice. I'll grab it for you. Well, that. Uh, oh, speaking of Christmas. Th- that uh what Sam what did Sam pick? He picked something. Don't look at me. Did he tell you? I forgot oh. what it was already. We already know one of our films for viewers choice Christmas edition. Uh and the other one is for sale right now. You can buy it. Twenty uh, bucks. Twenty bucks. So have we figured out some of the choices? Yeah, and I have, I'm on? gonna post that poll month uh tomorrow. Is there lots? Because uh, it didn't seem like a lot of people posted on there was a good there was a good bit i mean but yeah so basically we'll post a poll one film will be picked from that poll and then the other film is up for sale if somebody wants to buy it you get to pick whatever film you want as long as we did not review it and it it takes place on or around christmas so up to you guys not ernest saves christmas by the way (laughs) yeah no well i i I guess someone could buy it though yeah it's not a horror film but i mean if they're willing to buy it don't we have to do it i mean 
I'm not getting yeah. shit. I shouldn't even be talking. I should be cutting this out of the show right now, giving people <laughs> fucking ideas and stuff. Don't do that. Please do not do that. No, 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 no. Because if they buy it, I specifically said in that title and description that you're buying a Christmas horror film. So, okay. <laughs> Got to cover all the bases, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. So I guess I'll make this my Italian stallion for the show uh, from 1974. Uh, this is also another Patreon pick. Another fucking 74. Jesus. I know. So random. And this one was also picked by Sam, who actually picked the entire show last week. Uh, and it is called The Killer Reserve Nine Seats. Um, this is one, <laughs> what a title. This is one I've actually had on a list to see forever. And I, I think I might have mentioned it to Sam. Maybe that's why I picked it or something. But it's a hard one to get a hold of. I had to watch this one online because I don't have a copy. It's really rare. And uh, so ultimately... This one is kind of like Agatha Christie's uh, Ten Little Indian Story. That's essentially what it is. It's about this guy that um, that owns this huge uh, p- uh, playhouse, like a huge cinema type thing um, where they do plays and stuff. Really, really gorgeous location they shot this film in. And uh, he invites, um, you know, eight people over for some, uh, some R&R, you know. The thing is with this place is that it's got a little bit of a history. It's got it may be possessed or it may have um, some supernatural elements going on there because of where it's built on and stuff. Um, and uh, that I'll just leave the storyline there. I mean, everyone's familiar with Ten Little Indian story, right? Um, yeah. So once everyone arrives, people start getting picked off one by one, and they got to figure out if it's supernatural being responsible for this or if it's one of them doing the killings. And yeah, so you know. Uh, my thoughts on this movie, yeah, man, it's it's very similar to every Ten Little Indians rendition I've seen before. Uh, what separates this one is that it's actually really, really well acted. It's shot beautifully. The locations are, the location, I should say, I guess it's kind of a um, contained horror film, really. It all takes place in one location. Um, the aesthetic of the film is beautiful. The costumes are fantastic. Like, it's just one of those type of films where you're like, wow, it's really well done. It's shot beautifully. Like, a lot of great tracking shots. The music's awesome. Um, but it's really fucking boring. Really boring. I mean, there, this movie is so damn talky. And it, there's so much dialogue in this film that really just is not applying to the progression of the narrative. And that, that was really kind of the most frustrating thing for the movie. I just wanted to, I didn't really care a lot about, you know, some of the characters and stuff. I mean, we didn't get like a lot of backstory and something, a little bit and stuff, but there was certain oddities happening. Like there was this insanely overtoned lesbian scenes and things like that. And that I was just like, okay, okay. But I was really hoping that the supernatural element of this film was going to break through and kind of take over, you know, take presence within this Agatha Christie, 10 little Indians type story thing. Um, you know, I won't say if it does or not, but you know, I was a little bit disappointed. (laughs) So, um, you know, I think the highlight of this film beside the actual aesthetic of the, of it is, some of the kills are pretty good in this one. Some are actually off screen, which was I was I was a little bit bummed out, considering we know what we're getting yourself into. There's probably going to be about eight kills, maybe if that. Um, so yeah, it was kind of disappointing that in that in that you know in that way. But what really killed this movie for me was the fucking ending. I'm just like, it's one of those head scratches. You go, what? Like, why? 
Like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? It was one of those what the fuck moments. And I was like, that, that, I don't even know if that made any damn sense. Uh, I had to watch this one on YouTube, actually, and it was really fucked up how they did the subtitles. They weren't putting all the subtitles on the screen at one time. They would, they would drop a line, and then that line, after another one coming, would move up. And then the new line would be underneath. So it was fucking me up for like the first five minutes of the film. I so, like, so it was like closed captioning then. Yeah, it was like closed captioning. And it was like, but it was really screwing with me. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, oh shit, I'm reading the same shit over again. Okay. But, you know, it's it's really frustrating with a movie like this where there's so many characters. Well, obviously there's nine characters. and But there's so much dialogue. So I'm reading, reading, reading. But it just wasn't interesting. It wasn't interesting. But beautiful, beautiful film. Just, I, I, I mean, that's pretty much a one-time watch. I mean, I can't, I can't get anything else out of it. I mean, if this movie had, you know, all the kills on screen and they were really vicious and awesome, it totally would have changed the whole thing. Because, like I said, all the specs, the general filmmaking specs of this film are awesome, really good stuff. They did, they put a lot of work in with the art design in this movie. They really damn did. And it, the, the theater that they used was fucking amazing. So cool looking. Um, I just wish they had exploited certain areas a little bit more. Um, but yeah, man, I'm going to come in at about a six out of 10 on this one. I mean, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of Italian films and some of them can be really boring giallos. And this is just me too. There's not a lot of, there, there's nothing else here. They tried to do some of the supernatural element with the 10 little Indian story, but it's just, it kind of wasn't, it was more or less a fail. So unfortunately, yeah, that's it. All right, that's what we watch. <laughs> yeah. I killed him. I killed the man at the motel. I killed him. I can't accuse you of killing ghosts in the night. Who am I to say that any killing took place? Ghosts in the night. Oh yeah, the time has come for week four here on Italian Horror Month. This is the finale. Yeah, the final fucking countdown. This was my pick. Uh, Umberto Lenzi, director spotlight. Rest in peace to Umberto Lenzi, who just most recently passed away, unfortunately. Um, but uh, he left us with a lot of films to watch. A <laughs> shitload of stuff, mm-hmm. so we can always live through him like that. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, first up, a film also from 1974, simply titled Spasmo. Of course, directed by Umberto Lenzi, starring Robert Hoffman, who we actually just seen in Mosmo, Dalamano's Black Veal for Lisa. So, yeah. and starring Susie Kendall, also Ivan Rossimo. Uh, all familiar faces, man. You get, recognize these faces from a lot of Italian films. Uh, synopsis Christian. And his girlfriend are taking a walk on a deserted beach when they discover a woman's body lying. A closer look proves that she's alive. The next day, Christian meets her again at a yacht and they fall in love. Later in a nearby motel, something weird happens as they prepare to go to bed together. An intruder breaks in and starts beating Christian who accidentally shoots them with his own gun. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? We'll just, leave it. We'll just leave it right there. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why the fuck do you love this movie so much? What's not to love about it? 
But you like suck at stick the first time you reviewed it on the show a while, while back. This, it, I love this movie, man. It's fucking... Why? It, it's awesome, man. What's awesome about it? I just... I love the whole... It's so fucking just... Cut in peace. What do you mean? I just feel like... By the way, you were talking about it. Like, I thought it was like something amazing was going to fucking happen. But, if, <laughs> like, nothing really that fascinating happened in this movie, in my opinion. Well, they were just... They were fucking with them. I mean, they, there was a lot of characters in this film that were involved with yeah, trying to fuck... there's a lot of characters in this film. Yeah, and they all have a part. And they the, the, the ultimate goal here was to, you know, to, f- to fuck with him, essentially, uh-huh. right? Because we all know what exactly was, you know, the deal with Christian was. Yeah. So, I mean, but there's just a lot... Of, I just like the way it was developed, you know, just how everything kind of develops. Like, even with the opening scene where they find Susie Candle on the beach and stuff, like, that was all staged. Like, she was there for a reason. Yeah, there could be a minor plot hole of how did they know Christian was going to be at that beach with his girlfriend at that very moment to have, you know, Susie Candle's character, And then uh, why Barbara. the fuck did she disappear for fucking half of the movie? Who? The girlfriend. Because she, because he left her. Christian, but she doesn't fucking show up until... I thought that was going to be a plot. Well, he like, doesn't show up until he goes back to where she dude, would be. Dude, like, so, when, so he leaves her for Barbara. So what happens mm-hmm. here is, yeah, when he meets uh, Barbara on the beach and then he ultimately uh, meets her up, meets up with her again on that yacht, he ditches his girlfriend. I know it's, it's kind of awkward in how he does it because there's no scene saying, hey, bitch, get the fuck out of here. I'm with uh, Barbara now. I know it is very strange, and I thought that the first time I watched it too, and this time I actually kind of laughed about it. But yeah, like she just kind of, I guess he just leaves her, and then she goes off and does her own type of thing. But, um, but I mean that was that wasn't that was the intention was for her to get involved with Christian because they were supposed to, you know, to to fuck you know to fuck with his head and stuff like that. So I mean that had to happen, but it is awkward that they didn't even really note that he had left his girlfriend or where she went. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, it's just like, oh. Like, she's in, like, the opening scene, and then she's, like, gone until he well, goes that, to her house. Well, that yeah, that's that's the thing, right? And, um, yeah, so once he gets with her and stuff, it, it's just so funny, actually, because within hours, like, two, three hours of meeting Barbara, they're at this motel where this Jack. incident happens. Yeah, and he's, like, calling her his dirty little whore and stuff, like, two hours after they met and shit. I'm like, this is fucking strange. But I just kind of like the setup, though. Like, he's sitting in the hotel room with this girl, not knowing at all what's going on, that all these people are, you know, could be involved or what the fuck is going on and stuff. And and all of a sudden, this incident, this dude just breaks and starts beating his ass, and then he ends up shooting him. But, <laughs> what, then, what but did he shoot him? Did he shoot him or not? Thing. Uh, what do you mean? Like why he, I don't know. It's funny because <laughs> he just it says, seemed like such a long, like specific scene. I was like, I was like, so when's the beard thing going to tie in? <laughs> I think it's Does more, she, I, I think it's, she more, wanted him to shave so bad. I, yeah, yeah. Like why the way I, yeah. I don't know, man, I, I could never figure it out. I tried to figure it out after the first, time especially I watched, if I she's thought, like setting him up. I thought maybe it had something to do with maybe, you know, him, the multiple personality thing. I don't know, man. It was weird. Cause it's like two different identities. You know, when you have a beard, you look different. And then when you don't, you do- I, I thought it had, maybe that's what Lindsay was going towards with having the two different faces was representative of his, men- uh, his mental state. That's the way I see it. It's probably, it might not be that, but I mean, what, how, how that, else do you explain it? But I mean, the only thing that I could think of is she wanted him in the bathroom. Maybe, mm. maybe. So he's I mean, there at the right but time. But I mean, it, it didn't really. I mean, it could be that, considering 
after he shoots the guy in the bathroom, she doesn't even check to see, which you guys probably picked up on that right away. Like, why wouldn't she yeah. check to see if he actually killed somebody or not? Because she's kind of playing well, it off. she says, like, doesn't she? She, I can't remember what she says, but I swore she said something. She says, are you sure? Uh-huh. She's like, are you sure that's what happened? And, you know, all. And then we know once he goes back to the room, he's like, there's no body there kind of thing, right? So, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. So what are your guys? I mean, I could talk about the film all day. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I don't think, understand like, why you love tech, it so much. I think on a technical aspect, like out of the films that I've seen from Umberto Lindsay, I think this is like the best shot, the best scored, like, like the best, you know, actual movie, uh-huh. uh, you know, in terms of tech, tech, pure technical, right? Like that's all we're talking about here. Um, I've only seen four movies from him, so I, you know, that's not a huge sample size. Yeah, this one, uh, this one has to kind of rely on that a little bit, too, because of the content that we're dealing with, too, right? I think you yeah. got to make it a little more elegant, a little more beautiful and stuff. It's more about the characters. It's not like, um, you know, Nightmare City, where you just have, you know, infected people roaming around and stuff, which I will say there is some pretty good, <laughs> there is some pretty damn good shots in that film, like some really good overhead shots and, you know, panning shots from helicopters, and shit, which is pretty cool. Yeah. The scope is pretty cool in that film. To be honest, you know, he manages to capture that feel of, but we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, this okay, one, this, so, this, this one is, a, it's a psychological film. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry when it gets down to it. We know exactly what's going on by the end of the film. Um, you know, the road there, is it, could it possibly work? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it does for myself. Probably, I, I actually probably, really, I just want to know why a car blows up when you fill when you gas it with gasoline and then drive it off a cliff how does it explode well he pushes it off but obviously from a spark yeah, it's, I know metal, that. it's metal on rock dude it's gonna spark but wouldn't it just fucking did that or if you didn't douse it it's with a, gas well that's this is a movie dude but like, I, that, I'm, that, I'm that, assuming, that is an age old question in every fucking how does the air tank explode in jaws exactly but I mean I'm assuming if you had a car doused in gasoline and you push it over a cliff it would probably spark when it hit the ground I mean metal on rock I, I would say the spark would put it up but I don't know so I the, the better question is would a spark ignite gasoline like that probably not but yeah probably uh, I, I would i would assume i mean he did put a shitload on there it was pretty doused yeah i mean a cigarette won't ignite gasoline usually so i mean it just depends really it, it's a movie like that's the that i don't even quite that that, that type of shit i just accept what that's been in movies forever but i mean you know, that the, scene had to i mean it had to go down it had to burn because at that point christian was trying to fake that he was dead in there right yeah so so um i don't know man like i i thought this movie was cool um i thought it like started off pretty good like where, where they're like on the beach and like the mannequins and stuff like that um i thought that there was like some some good acting in this movie above all like i, I did think the acting was really solid um especially i was i was enjoying the relationship between barbara and uh christian um I, I feel like the story, it like is a little convoluted. Um, How so? How so? Are you? There's, there's are, are so you... many characters, and honestly, like again with the fucking characters, like I, I swear to God, it's impossible to follow these characters. I mean, like, this one was a little bit easier. There's a, there's a lot yeah. of characters in this film, but I think they're all identifiable. I mean, we have his yeah. brother. We have you know alex who is the guy with on the boat and you know of course the two people that they run into at the villa that they break into which we oh, all know was, about them which we all know was a big setup too but i mean that's kind of cool who, who they ended up being 
Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, they're identifiable and stuff. Um, I, you know, honestly, the one problem I think I I don't even know if I mentioned this when I first reviewed it, but <laughs> the scene where his brother's watching the home videos. Of yeah, how the hell do they have color cameras? Exactly, like that? exactly. Because that shit would have been shot in the in like in the fifties, man. There was yeah, they black fucked, and white. They definitely <laughs> yep. fucked up in that scene, man. That shit. I thought that the same been thing. Black and white. I yeah. even wrote that shit down. Like, how the hell is this fucking happening? That it's in color in the eighties kind of when a, they would have been like fifty, and they didn't have that shit. It's kind of well, this movie came out in seventy four. Seventy four. But technically, they don't tell you when this film is set. Well, I mean, it's pre- it's present day in '74, right? I mean, these guys are in their 30s. I mean, I'm assuming those kids are around. But yeah, 10. I'm technically, you don't know that. You don't know. There's nothing that indicates that it's present day, besides just the fact that most movies are shot in present day. Well, if it wasn't <laughs> shot in present day, then where would <laughs> where would it be shot? It's not in shot the in future. The, no way, dog. If anything, in like eighty, in like ninety five. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here! No fucking way! <laughs> Listen Give to this jabroni. I'm just saying 95. you can't. You can't say that. I mean, like that's that's a way to explain a plot hole. Away is they yeah. never tell you that it's set yeah. in in well, present. I, th- I think the way I look at cinema, though, if they don't tell you that it's shot in the past or in the future, it's automatically shot in the present. Well, it's automatically shot in the present during when they're shooting it because. That's, well, that's where that's reality. That's reality. But, but, but where is it set? Is the question. Yeah, I um, mean, I, yeah, no, I yeah. Obviously, that's that's not something that wasn't thought through. Um, I don't know, man. Like to me, I, I like sometimes when these movie, like these these mass conspiracy movies, like where it's like, oh, like all every one of these things, like all this, like like it, it's like the Saw films, right? Like the amount of planning that all this stuff takes is just too much for me sometimes. Like, it's just, it kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit. Really? Like, I, I, I don't know, man. I find this one. Yeah, I didn't me, love this one as much as you did. It's got a, it, it's just straight. I don't know. I just like it, man. I find that everything kind of works. So out like the only, like the minor problem, obviously, obviously with the, uh, the home videos and stuff, but the actual straight up motive of the brother. I in was this just film. See, I think it's implied that his bro- Christian is actually part owner of the family's business. It's it's quite clear that his brother yeah. runs the family business and stuff. And I think uh-huh. it's implied the reason why they're they're trying to do what they're trying to do to Christian is to eliminate him from the family business because his brother's being selfish. He wants all the fortune for himself, right? And he figures that yeah. if his brother is put away, he just basically not entitled to that anymore because he's not mentally fit to do anything with the business and so I don't know how you know dealing with but, money but and stuff that would affect that the whole basis but. of that is based on the fact that that like the whole the, the whole plan is based on the fact that you can turn somebody crazy and it's like it just seems like a ridiculous strategy to getting someone to exit your business mm mm-hmm. No, it does. I mean, essentially, because what you would probably do nowadays is just eliminate him by with that. Especially if you're <laughs> like if you're faking murdering him, right? Like if you if you're if you're doing all this shit, like like it seems like you and you're getting all these people involved. Like it seems like it would have been easier to just hire one person to kill him well, instead of like getting all these people involved. Their intent was never to kill him. They even state that in the movie, though. They they wanted to drive him crazy to bring out his multiple personalities, so he would go 
insane. But if they drive him crazy, wouldn't but he kill why? himself from going crazy? So isn't that the same thing? Just to lock him up. I mean, they they literally say in the film that they had no intentions of killing him until but, but until why? shit went sour. Until shit went sour on them, and they but they really don't to kill him. They don't want. I don't know. They never stayed because they just. I mean, I don't know. Maybe because murder is harder to get away with. It's just in, than you know. Well, I mean, yeah, if you can can easily Mm -hmm. make somebody go crazy, then yeah, but I mean, at a certain point, once like people are dying and stuff like... Well, that's when they change up their strategy. (laughs) That's when they change up the strategy a little bit and they try to actually kill them because they realize that they were failing because they even there's even dialogue in the film where the brother says he's like man you guys all fucked up like Barbara you did not push the envelope too hard you did not make him go you know as crazy as you probably should have been um you know with uh, the couple at the villa uh who ultimately we find out who they actually are <clears throat> which is is a minor kind of plot hole too that he didn't really remember fully until later um it's kind of subtle too when he realizes that's kind of strange uh, like in a mind, like just before he ends up getting killed, so that was kind of a strange thing too. But uh, um, I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, um, obviously, I, I mean, th- there's not a movie if you just go and kill the dude. You got to come up with something. Well, yeah, I mean, if he then, escapes and then you know, like yeah. much like he did with the hitman, and then they're on the run, but and it the love story go, and but, stuff like that. I just, I just, I like. I'm fine with wanting to turn somebody crazy, right? Like that's that's a plot point I can live with. Mm-hmm. But it has to make sense. Like why is there not a scene where it's like, listen, I don't love like like the guy, but he is my brother. I can't kill my brother. But I can make him go crazy and then I don't have the conscious Well, there kind of killing my brother. There kind of is though with his brother because you know, we don't find out later until again in dialogue where they say that, you know, it's basically hereditary and they both probably have it. Uh, he kind of says that he's a little bit cold hearted and cold blooded. Like he just doesn't really have any feelings and things like that. And, and I think that was kind of where they were leaning towards. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it really. So what's up with the mannequins? You know what? That's another thing that I believe is just more or less a prelude to it's his hit, brother hit, going his brother. His brother's crazy. It's too. all it's all a prelude yeah. for his brother's demise at the end there. Um yeah. otherwise it doesn't have any other major significance towards Christian because it, I don't think it was actually meant to. I know when Berta Lenzi was more of an afterthought to put in the mannequins. Because let's face it, mannequins are creepy. They really yeah, they really mannequins. they really don't hold any merit in the film because there is a lot of scenes where the mannequins are literally shown to the viewer and and at times Christian doesn't even see them. Right? Yeah. So I think it's for the viewer, it's just like a prelude. So something's coming, something's mm-hmm. gonna happen, you know, kind of thing, and that's the way I take it, so yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I like this movie. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I, I thought it was a very, you know, strong effort in terms of, like, uh, tell, telling this type of story. I, I, I thought the acting and the, te- like I said, the technical level, the, the sh- shooting. And I just love, like, when it ended and, like, the music came on. Mm-hmm. Like, it just that 70s, like, almost, like, always reminds me of, like, pornos for some reason what, that I what, watched. One thing about this movie that I find interesting, it, you know, it gets classified as a giallo which it completely isn't a giallo it doesn't have any of the elements of one it doesn't have the pov killer it doesn't have really a police investigation at all yeah. you know this what is, would you call this th- this is more of like a psychological mystery 
You know, it's like because yeah. it more or less most like of the time you're kind of going, why in the fuck it's is not that a horror film? No, it's not. It's it's more no. of a thriller. It's more of a psychological thriller in a sense. I'd probably put it in that category. But uh, one thing I do like about Lindsay films, and it's very notable in pretty much every film that you watch of his, is that he, he doesn't fuck around with his movies. Man, he gets right into shit. Like there, to me, the pacing of the film is actually quite well done. It never overstays his welcome. He doesn't extend this into a two-hour film like Argento probably would have. You know, this one's over in a reasonable ninety-three minutes. And I feel like, you know, right from the opening scene in this one, there's always something happening. I, I see the progression in the narrative, you know, and, you know, for a psychological film, a lot of times when you watch these type of films, you see them as slower burns. This one isn't slow at all, in my opinion. So, what do you guys think? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, no, not slow, slow at all, but, no, I mean, I, it's not like super fast paced either. It's like, appropriate pace i think it's very appropriately appropriately paced and and, you know i actually kind of like i really i I find it intriguing like how many different locations and how many different areas he shot this this one feels like a bigger film at times like some of his films feel a lot smaller and stuff but this one seems to be in a lot of different locations and stuff which is kind of cool you know it was kind of all over the place and you know and, and ultimately this one actually makes sense in the end per se <laughs> right so um i guess you'd have to kind of you know separate yourself from reality a tiny bit you know to to think that this could actually work but mm-hmm. in hindsight it doesn't really work that well you know it, it, it doesn't go the way they intended it to go so that's kind of kind of interesting and there is a little bit of a twist with you know christian and stuff what i what i thought was pretty cool too i actually wasn't expecting yeah. that the first time i watched it. i was not I, expecting i'm not his sure that craziness is hereditary though <laughs> realistically well schizophrenia well no it's because they're leaning towards like he was a schizophrenic right like he actually had like multiple person multiple personality is that hereditary disorder. yep i have so i know people who are pretty crazy and well schizophrenia are- schizophrenia and multiple personal disorder are actually two different things people seem to get those lumped into the same thing um they, they were i think they were leaning towards he was a little bit schizo in this one because they even used the word schizo uh, which is definitely mm-hmm. hereditary. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a scary thing. If it's in your family, you might want to watch out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, an interesting fact about this film that I don't know if I mentioned before, uh, I can't remember if I did or not. So I apologize if I did, but who cares? We're doing the review right now. Um, the, there's a couple kill scenes in this film, uh, that were actually shot by George A. Romero. Um, no shit. I did not know that. Yeah. They, uh, Umberto Lenzi, actually, his original idea for the film was to have pretty much all the kills off screen. He wanted to keep that mystery completely concealed for some odd reason. The producers were like, you can't actually do that because it's not going to make sense to the viewer. If you just start killing people off, you'd be like, where the fuck did everyone go (laughs) in the film? (laughs) So they actually had to show them. So um, the original cut of this movie is about 10 minutes shorter. And then for the American audiences, they actually got Romero to shoot. I'm assuming, I'm not 100% sure what scenes they actually are. They mm-hmm. said the kill scenes and stuff, but um, I'm assuming the <laughs> the car death where they run yeah. over the body, which is fucking yeah. nasty. It's actually kind of funny because um, it's just it's this dummy death, man. It's so good. I love that shit. It's uh, not the worst dummy death though. In this, no, 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 no. That's the best dummy <laughs> death of all time. That's the best dummy death of all time. But anyways, yeah, George A. Romero actually did the did the shoots for that. So that's kind of an interesting little factoid. On you that. you want to get into ratings? Uh yeah sure, Jeremy, what do you got? Seven and a half. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, this movie, I like. 
I feel like I could definitely benefit from a second watch on this one. Um, I did get a little confused with the characters. Like I didn't even realize that who his brother was until a little later in the film. Um, I actually had forgotten that Barbara wasn't his original girlfriend until later in the film. Oh, um, just because you, you're barely with the girlfriend and then you're with yeah. this girl at, for a while and you're like, you're like, wait a minute, didn't that girl have different hair or something? You know? So like, it's like, they don't like these movies, like have a very difficult time of like establishing when things happen. Like if it's, I feel like if it's my first time watch, I'm always going to be confused. Um, but I, I did like it pretty good. Um, I think that, I actually thought the I actually liked the ending, like went the like little narration, like the you know narrative thing, and then the mannequins and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty cool, and the music and shit like that. Uh, I'm coming in at the same spot as Jeremy, seven point five out of ten. Uh, yeah, this is only the second time I've watched this movie, and you know I think I probably picked out a couple things that I didn't really notice the first time around. Uh, I don't remember what my original rating was, actually. I think it was like a 9. Um, yeah, it was probably somewhere in that range. Um, but yeah, you know, rewatching, I still had a lot of fun with it. It's actually one of those movies I think that definitely can benefit from having to rewatch. Uh, it's also one of those ones I think is, for some people, I think could be quite forgettable. It might That might actually be a good thing, too, that, for like rewatchability. Um, in some people's views, it might not be, but... Uh, but yeah, rewatching the movie, I actually had a lot of fun with it again. I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool, man. I think it's shot beautifully. It's awesome and stuff. Um, and surprisingly, acted really well. <laughs> you know, it's actually got some pretty decent acting in this film, which is, you know, can be hit and miss in Italian cinema. But um, so it turns out my rating is nine and a half. So I'm going to come in at a nine out of ten on this one. Yeah, I was going to say that yours was a nine and a half, but I was waiting until you were finished. Yeah, I just looked it up right now as I was doing that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I I still really enjoy this one, man. I still don't understand why it gets lumped into the giallo. Just because it's a not-horror Italian film. And usually non-horror Italian films that are about murder automatically get jumped uh lumped into the giallo uh area but uh yeah it's it's definitely not there's like no like i think the perfect like i can spot a giallo pretty easy like i feel like i 100 percent get the concept it's essentially if you took a slasher film yeah like nerfed it down a little bit in terms of like the the kill count and like the picking people off you added a detective narrative to it and turn it into like a little bit of a whodunit and that's a giallo Mm-hmm. Essentially. Exactly. Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. Information from an official source, which reached our newsroom this afternoon, stresses the seriousness of the situation. Mr. Miller, something very serious has happened at the airport. All right, moving along here, man. So we jump uh, six years later into the 80s, into the year I was born, 1980, with Nightmare City, also known as City of the Walking Dead. 
and I'm sure it has multiple other names <laughs> also. <laughs> I think this is one of those films that actually has tons. City of the Walking Dead is actually the American title for it. So um, this one right here, uh, starring Hugo Schlitz. And I don't know if you guys remember that name at all from a Quentin Tarantino yeah. film. It was Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that's, Bastards. That's, he actually took it from the actor Hugo Schlitz. He's actually a Mexican actor. And he just ganked the name. <laughs> he just loved his name and he used it in Glorious yeah, Bastards. Yeah, he does that shit all the time. Like Tarantino, <laughs> If you took out every reference influence from all of T- Tarantino's movies, they'd be about three minutes long each. <laughs> I know. But like, yeah. so many people would never put that connection together. Like, yeah. Hugo and Schlitz sounds like, like a super made-up. obscure shit that mainstream audiences would never know about. <laughs> but dude, you have to admit though, Hugo Schlitz just sounds like a made-up name. <laughs> it's like a perfect one to gank, man. But yeah, Hugo Slitzman, he's actually a pretty good actor, man. He's been in lots of stuff. He was pretty well known back in those days. But uh, he's but, pretty good. But Nightmare- oh, so yeah, um, I guess at the end of this review, we could talk about the like remake thing because we didn't have a knowledge segment. But uh, Rob did want us to talk about that. Yeah. So okay, uh, let's do the review, then we'll get into that at the yeah, end. It's probably a good time to do it. All right, so quick little synopsis here. An airplane exposed to radiation lands and blood-drinking zombies emerge armed with knives, guns, and teeth. They go on a rampage, slicing, dicing, and biting their way across the Italian countryside. First up, this is not a zombie film. This and is an- first up, why the fuck does this guy have telekinetic power to predict what's going to happen in the future? What? <laughs> How the fuck does this guy have power to predict what's going to happen in the future? What? Okay, how about uh, how about we just, how about we just drop that right now because that we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. First <laughs> up, fuck. The first, okay, first up, this is not a zombie movie. This is a full blown infection movie. Hey, Umberto Lenzi even has stated, called it a zombie movie once. He also even stated once that this is straight up an infection movie. It's it's literally yeah, about I mean, people I, I, that are just exposed to radiation. That's why they're so like they're hated, not like they're so yeah, hideous this is looking. Definitely not like there's. I mean. Okay, we've had the argument zombie infected, same thing. Uh, but like, yeah, when you boil it down, yeah, like this is. I would not yeah. consider these zombies. No, like they seem more infected to me. There's, because they're not coming not back a, from the dead. They're just yeah. These guys, these guys were actually fully living, man. They were exposed to some type of hardcore radiation, radiation that actually like mutated their skin. They made them all gross looking and shit. But they are fully equipped with a brain still. I mean, these guys come out, you know, and they they use weapons and shit and like they're just fucking with people man like they're just killing off people because dude nightmare city is an absolute fucking blast i this movie right here man you can tell was very very heavily influenced from dawn of the dead with a lot of the shots like a lot of the overhead even helicopter there's shots even like, yeah like some of that even feels like dawn of the dead it at times it's like it, the atmosphere 100 percent does it's got one fantastic score i mean the music kind of replays itself throughout the film but i've always been a really big fan and and, and that's one thing i've always loved about italian films is if you have like a really recognizable score that you can get into it just doesn't make the film so much more fun to watch even though it replays through it but the score is just fantastic in this one but this is just a balls to the wall effort man i I love the way this film starts it's hugo slitz plays a like a reporter and he's at the airport and they get word on this aircraft that's coming in it's not on the radar it shouldn't be landing at this point and they're kind of what the fuck is going on so they've got the military out there and shit well they knew who was in there he did at least. Yeah, yeah. It was it was somebody it was who was the supposed professor. To yeah, yeah. That is right. That is right. So he yeah. knew. Okay, but anyways, this thing lands and they open up the doors 
and then all hell breaks loose, and then it just keeps, <laughs> and then it just keeps breaking. <laughs> hell just keeps breaking just keeps loose. Going in every for scene. ninety minutes, it just it really doesn't stop, and that's one wow. of my most favorite things about this movie. And I always found it had so much damn replay value because this one is just a ride right from the opening scene right to the end. And yeah. that's a different story in itself. It's not a right movie there. you watch for story or anything like that. You just watch it for it has insane se- madness of it popcorn has sequences. bullshit. It has sequences. I mean, yeah. after the scene at the airport, which is fantastic stuff, you got these great overhead, dance. you know, helicopter shots. That, and like I said before, like the scope of the film is fantastic. I know um, it, it's just like, it just totally reminds me of Dawn of the Dead. It hundred percent reminds me of Dawn of the Dead, the way it's shot and stuff. It's, it's fantastic. But uh, then it leads you into this great, great scene at dance this, studio at, at this TV station where they're recording this like dance sequence for some commercial or some <laughs> shit. And then these fucking infected people just rage in here and start tearing apart everybody. It's like one of the funnest <laughs> scenes ever in a film, man. It's just so ridiculous. Um, I could never figure out how these these infected people were getting from point A to point B because or it's, why it's it, exactly I think I think they're just infected and it's, it's infected their brain to the point where they just need to kill I don't Uh-oh, know JP's gonna try to make sense I don't of a know. movie that's supposed to not make but sense if you it's not wait but don't say that because that's completely untrue there was no way that this movie wasn't supposed to make sense it just ended up being that way um, you yeah. there's there this is not a tongue in cheek movie this no. movie is 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 a serious movie yeah yeah but uh, I'm saying you're gonna try and say like you're gonna try to knock some some seriousness into okay tell me what i'm gonna say because i don't know i'm gonna listen but no you do know you just said you're gonna talk smack about it okay yeah this movie is bad it really is it's a really bad movie i am with you that it is fun i i thought it was really fun but this movie is very bad like there's so much wrong with it and stuff that I've heard you recently complain about a lot, Jeremy, the fact that in bye bye man, you know, they get shot and there's no damage. Like there is literally many scenes in this film where people were shot and there's no trace of a bullet blood, anything like this guy got shot up with a machine gun from two foot away and there's not a mark on him there, there's punches that are not landing there's i want to know is why the fuck would they pull up landing. their own car well i mean they were all there i guess so yeah it's like what, kind of whatever, whatever. <laughs> like i didn't know what else you were gonna do with the car right well i, I mean know. i mean that's obviously showing its budget constraints right there man and they're not have, not having the blood but that, they, that they, is so weird man because this film does not feel low budget at all there's so many locations there's massive amount of, of planes there's mm-hmm. aircraft carriers like it is like this giant movie that mm-hmm. is just has no goddamn sense of direction when it comes to filming fight sequences or death sequences or shit that just makes sense like plot <laughs> like it's it's very 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 bad when it comes to to storytelling the pacing is fantastic but the storytelling in this film is like the, the, the and these zombies. But did you expect fact, anything? Did you expect like a full blown like amazing story from? I knew not? right away when I saw the fucking plane door open and shit starts to break loose that this movie isn't going to be about the story. It's just going to be about. But there is a pretty good story. Like the the the. the like on the surface like it's like such this wide scale like epidemic there's like military guys like like saying like okay like here they're here and stuff like it it, on the surface like it it, it's not a you know tongue-in-cheek movie you know so i I didn't know what to expect really like i I was like 
when I, I honestly, these these infected looked awful too. Like it has to be the <laughs> worst makeup effect for like an infected zombie that I've seen in a movie of this caliber that feels this big. Um, because this movie, I, I, I truly, do, I can't imagine this was a low budget film. It just has too much stuff in it. There's so many set pieces, movies, uh, you know, TV studios and and uh, airports, and it just seems so big. Mm-hmm. But everything else seems so cheap. <laughs> it's like they wasted all their money on these locations and then put none for the practical effects. There are a few good gore shots, but for the most part, there's not actually. Actually, it's really bad. You mean the the dummy effect isn't bad? Oh, the, the first when she first falls, it's amazing. When she first falls, I was like, "Holy shit, that looked like a real person!" And then when she like tumbles down through the center, it's like, "Okay, <laughs> clearly a dummy there." <laughs> but I think the first shot was a person, maybe when they she lets go of the rope, yeah. it looked it looked like a damn person. So that was really good. <laughs> but I think you were just expecting too much out of it. I don't know what that means, though. No, what does I, that actually mean? When I can't remember. I can't remember what what feature I was watching, but they do talk about this one being actually quite low budget. Um, I, I think it. I think he just did a good job. I think that was a testament to Lindsay. You know, they didn't actually shoot in that much locations. They just kind of made the film look a lot bigger than it actually was, which is kind of cool that they did it. Hence, you know, the scope being pretty pretty good on this film. I mean, it actually has. And kind of feels like there is fucking infected zombies everywhere. It feels so much bigger than it actually is. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's that's a good testament to a, a director. You know, utilizing a no budget. Well, I'm not saying no budget. I'm, I, I really don't remember what it was, but it wasn't a high budget type film. And like most of these films weren't. You know, they didn't have a lot of fucking money. The, you know, the studios and shit were. They weren't giving them a shitload of money. They just wanted a product. That's essentially yeah. what it was. It was like whatever. I mean, no matter how you look at it, this is essentially Dawn of the Dead, just with Infected. It was just kind of its own little thing. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, this this one's kind of noted, duly noted as the first, um, if you want to classify it as a zombie film, it's, it's noted as the first running zombie film of all time. This was the first one. So, I mean, that's kind of a cool note to have on Nightmare City, too. Um, yeah, but they're not zombies, so. Can't but they're not. But they're infected. So I mean, in <laughs> that realm, it, so in that who's realm, really the first running in that realm. I mean, Eli Roth even said the same thing, right? He's like, yeah, this is the first one. It's actually a really good feature on the Nightmare City Arrow Blu-ray uh, with Eli Roth. He talks about the Umberto Lenzi and you know this film for ten minutes straight, and he's got a lot of really cool things to, to say about it and shit. It's I actually yeah. really like listening to Eli Roth talk. He's such a big fan. You know, he just kind of throws out his whole yeah, persona I know. out he the window. He should have his own damn podcast. He man. should. He should. And you know what? And we're probably getting hate on this right now from all the fucking asshole dick face haters out there. Don't like Eli Roth. There's not as many as there used to be. There, they're, every they're time, it, I bet you, if we posted, if you just made a post in the Facebook group right now that said Eli Roth, it would get so much hate. Just <laughs> type the name. Just type the name. But anyways, mm-hmm. he's he's very interesting to listen to, and he kind of gives you some insight and things like that. And uh, one, one thing he does note, he's like, you know, this movie is, which we've all established, has really amazing pacing, and it's just a fun thrill ride. Not really much narrative in the thing at all. But, you know, it's one of those films where you're just loving it and loving it and loving it, and it's like, bam, what the fuck happened to the end? 
Yeah. Uh, he the no- end is really fucking dumb. He notes. Yeah, he notes that he. Well, he even said, and I, I. I've talked about this before too. I always thought it was for the same reasons, because they didn't have any idea how to end this thing, so they just come, came up with this ridiculous <laughs> idea to do what they did. But it's still, it's one of those what the fuck moments in cinema. You're like, why and how? It literally makes no fucking sense whatsoever. It doesn't yeah. make any sense whatsoever, and it kind of. You know, I mean, if you can just kind of forget yourself or forget that whole thing, you know, whatever. The whole ride there is pretty fun. But I think it has something to do with they just didn't know what to do with the movie at that point. Yeah. You know, so they they basically copped out, essentially, is what it is. And Eli Roth mm-hmm. kind of says the same thing, too. It's like, you know, it's fun until you get there and then you go, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of cool, but... I said that in the first five minutes. Well, it's it fucking... is. It, it's so true. And it's it's probably the one thing that a lot of people do remember from this film is in, in JP's words, bullshit ending, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. yeah, dude, that ending is, it is, bullshit. I mean, it is bullshit. It, it's, it's basically saying, and this is what the film's saying, not me. It's saying that, um, you know, this is the nightmare. Now watch it begin. Here it goes again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's just, does it happen over and over again? Is it Groundhog Day or is it? It's not necessarily saying that though. That's the thing that's stupid about no, it. it is it's like, almost like the whole movie is like it's like a sleep premonition or something like that. Yeah, like more, I don't know, more I don't, or less. I don't know how you would other classify it otherwise. But but but, but, the, but it's stupid because the character isn't aware that that happened. Right, he just wakes up like normal, like oh shit, I'm late. You know what I mean? So like, it's not even like a Final Destination. Like oh, now I know how to stop all this bullshit. It's like, literally, like he do- he's not aware that that had happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I that's know. a really bad ending. It, it, it's a tough. It, yeah. it definitely is a tough one to swallow on this one because doesn't it just like you just want to throw your fucking TV at that point. You're like, really? <laughs> all, all this fun and then you have to end the shit like that? It's ridiculous, but I don't know, man. I don't even know if it's forgivable. It is a little... I I, I love... I, I really It doesn't enjoy really that. affect the film no. other than it's just dumb. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, the film... Like, whether she died and he flew off in the helicopter and that was the ending? I mean, that would have been a better ending. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it doesn't really... It doesn't change anything we saw. It's just like, oh, so they're going to tell the story again, and then when we get to that point, we'll see what happens next. <laughs> I just feel like it's completely unneeded. I don't know why they didn't just end the film. It's because they the called it fucking scene. Nightmare City. It's like, well, how are we going to incorporate Nightmare into this? <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to bring up the title of this because City of the Walking Dead is like a total bullshit American title for the film, considering they're running infected. <laughs> Who the fuck came yeah. up with City of the Walking Dead? That's that's bullshit. And I'm itself. not even sure they're dead, honestly. No, they're not. They're because not. Because if they they're, were dead, they would be zombies. Right? They're totally not. They're 100 percent infected. And I, I, I should, I do have the interview somewhere with Umberto Lenzi when he even talks about that. But so because um, like a like Return of the Living Dead, for example, they are also infected, but with trioxin. But they're dead too, so that makes them zombies for some. But like. Well, because so, the trioxin actually raises the dead. Yeah. So, but I'm saying they're still infected, though. Because, like, look at um, our yeah. two lead characters, right? Yeah. Um, Tom Matthews' character. Um, but so, like, if it is that they're dead, it makes him a zombie. I don't. These guys don't look dead to me. I don't know. 
No, are they too, dead? They're too quick and they're too witty, man. I mean, they're using weapons. They're going back for more. It's just they, they kind of have the representation. They just need that blood. Yeah, they, they have that representation of a zombie because yeah, because of the brain thing. They shoot do, them in the head. They, thing. Yeah, they totally say that in the film. It's like you, you can only shoot them in the head to kill them. So it's well, it's kind of a zombie trope or mythology or whatever you want to say. But that's you know what it is. Yeah. But, but um, I really, I really liked the you know scale of this movie. Like I liked the atmosphere. It really did feel like shit's going down. You know what I mean? Um, but the, the the infected just sucked to me. Like I just thought that they were lame. You know, they they like the way they stood, the way they would like kind of attack. Like they just didn't fit. They just didn't feel like they had any personality or traits to them. Other personality? Than, like, just, they're fucking infected or dead people. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> like personality to... to the infected, right? Yeah. Like, yeah there's there's no. I personally um, rates to them. I personally like, always enjoyed the way they looked because it has this like totally oddball, <sighs> strange, they look so bad, unique. Oh yeah, I mean the effects are not great, but then when you put it in perspective that they've been just exposed to this high octane radiation, like <laughs> whatever it is, it, it was so bad that it like it molded their skin like that. It just like I would just expect- looks, it looks like a little burnt, but it's like it doesn't also. Like, I don't really get it because, like, then, like, if they infect somebody else, like, they get a little patch of of burnt on their face, too. Well, I guess <laughs> I guess it's because it, they're radiating the radiation, right? Because, like, once you're yeah. infected to radiation, like, I mean, it can kind of, I guess, kind of mutate itself. I guess, I don't know. I think that's what yeah. they're kind of going for with that because it's radiation, right? Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. Like, all these alive. So, do you, like, what about, like, the people that are just, like there like how do so you have to be killed to be well do you radiated or you get resurrected what about the the people that are alive running from them i don't know i i maybe you have to have because they come in they do come in contact with them like they touch them and shit Mm -hmm. maybe they just automatically die but that doesn't make sense either no because that doesn't happen Anyway, um, so there's plot holes with their radiation. They're, I think they, wanna, I, I think they actually call it atomic radiation in the film. <laughs> atomic radiation, I like that. Sounds very sci-fi-ish. Pretty cool. Sounds like Hiroshima. There's this like really, really fucking strange moment in the film too. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there's a scene where a, a female character walks outside and she sees the lawnmower cutting the grass by itself. Isn't that like super fucking like maximum overdrive style right there? Yeah. Why was that happening? Apparently, the radiation gave the lawnmower a mind of its own. I guess. Oh, that's <laughs> <fucking> dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you. I knew if I brought that up, you'd be like, "Oh, that's fucking dumb." I mean, it wouldn't be dumb if but it this happened proceeds, now, but, but it's the only isolated incident. <laughs> but the, the, yeah, this like pre- I know, right? It's such a random scene. It's so random. Like if all of a sudden all the trucks came to life and 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 airplanes and stuff, and it was like everything. But even was, then, that's fucking stupid, and it doesn't make sense. Why it could. Whatever. Radiation makes trucks come to life. What? What? That's what happened in Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, yeah but it didn't fuck the humans up too, though. Well, it's what, not necessarily overdrive? radiation in Maximum Overdrive. It's more of like it's a, a comet. Yeah, it's like a force from the comet or something like that. It's, yeah. It's, it's, so it's this could radiation. be a radioactive force. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'd be down with that. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of what he was hinting at there. He just didn't play it off more. I think if they had had a few more scenes in there with like you know blenders and other turkey carving knives and shit like that you know it probably would have made a little bit more sense but the the scene is so isolated it feels so out of place and stuff but it, it cracks me up because i'm like this precedes maximum overdrive by six years 
Very yeah. strange, very odd. Maybe Stephen King ripped him off. He saw that <laughs> scene and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a whole movie about this, but I'm going to use a comet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who fucking knows? Who knows? Because there's a difference. Damn it. Well, Ratings? it is what it is. JP, you go. Uh, all right. So uh, I think this movie is pretty bad, honestly. Like, I, I, I mean, I give it a lot of points for being entertaining because it really is. If this movie was slow, it would be horrible retarded but since it's so fast it's so fast paced there's always something happening um i like the atmosphere that it creates you really do get that dawn of the dead atmosphere these people on the run these people especially towards the end when it all takes place that like that theme park like i thought that was awesome i truly think that the the design the um decisions to how the characters the the infected um the mannerisms they had the the way they attack I think is awful. I truly do. I think it's so bad. And I think that the effects on them are bad. I think that, you know, just the, the concept of them, like is pretty bad. Like, okay. They, they are angry kind of like it, it was much better explained in like something like 28 days later where it's like a rage. Uh-huh. Um, I just didn't, I don't really, they don't really establish like, the whole point of them you know what's what what their motives like why like they, they just kill people and like i guess it's for blood or whatever but I, it, it's really not super established at least to my knowledge um the the weaponry is the biggest sin to me in this movie because there's so much of it there's so much gunshots and never do you see like um you know any type of uh squibs or anything like that it's just you know, I know it's low budget and stuff, but sell one of those planes or, or you know, have it, scale it down a little bit. But you got, you can't, or don't fucking have guns in it. <laughs> you know, don't have so many shots. Like, there's so many goddamn bullet shots, and there's no squibs. Like, and it's just so in your face. Like, it really bugged me. Uh, I'm coming in at 4.5 out of five, out of 10 on this one. So, um, below average. It was very entertaining, though. I will give you that. I w- I'm happy to own it on Blu-ray, and I will watch it again. 4.5. It's a bad movie, dude. I gave it a 6. Man, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, the specs on the film aren't really, you know, that great. I mean, when you when you deal with the effects and things like that, there is problems there. But I personally like the way the, the infected look in this. It just looks so bad, but it's, like, good at the same time. It's weird. It, it's so strange. I don't really know how to what the fuck was that that was jeremy that was, <laughs> that, that was like really loud in my ears very uh, professional yeah exactly oh, fuck you, you almost, fucking almost blew my fucking head off there um but man dude it's just such a fun ride man great great fucking score to this one man that just repeats itself through the film but i don't care i like it so much it doesn't even bother me it has probably one of the worst endings of all time unfortunately um you know but at the same time it doesn't affect the first 92 minutes of the film at all. I think it, I think I think it's super fun. It's not a great film by any means. I wish there was a little bit more narrative to it, you know, because there's opportunity to explore and maybe give you a little bit of insight to you know this atomic fucking warfare that these people <laughs> exposed to. I, I don't know, but um, the squibs not bother you. The fact that there's not one fucking squib in this entire movie. I don't, apparently, it didn't. I never really thought about it. I guess. Holy shit! 
Like the guy when they're in the airport and the guy behind the other guy shoots him with the like MP5 or whatever the hell he had. Yeah, yeah. And it's like and it's like there's not a fucking single bullet scratch or ripped shirt or anything. But there is oh moments in the film where they get shot and there is bullets. And stuff. I mean, obviously they they didn't do it for every single scene, I guess. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I mean, they obviously did. But there is times where there is, um, you know. Still not the greatest effects, but uh, I don't know, man. I still enjoy the shit out of this one. Six out of six and a half out of ten. It's fun. Six point five. Jeremy, I'm surprised you're that high. Well, it's fun. I had a blast. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's one of those perfect films to throw in with your buddies over too, because there's like mm-hmm. nothing you could possibly miss. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. movie, yeah. right? Scene to scene, man. It doesn't matter. So that's kind of cool in itself. So let's get into a little bit of talk of the Nightmare City remake being done by Tom Savini, apparently. Yeah, so this was one of those things, right? Like, we, we talked about this uh, Sandman a couple yeah. weeks ago with Argeno. Um, this was another one, man. This was another film that was uh, funded through uh, Indiegogo. It had a goal of, let me see here. I'll bring that up in a second, but uh, it was actually supposed to be Tom Savini directing, Umberto Lenzi producing, uh, and it had a goal of a hundred thousand dollars, and yeah. it made a hundred and thirty-eight thousand six hundred and twenty-four. So it actually uh, it had a hundred and sixty-eight percent funded. Yeah, yeah. So that's impressive. That's impressive, man. So it was actually less than um, a hundred thousand was the original. Goal if it if it 168 yeah, percent is must have been looking at funded. Like 80 or something yeah that's crazy man yeah hmm. so it, and it was funded May 2nd 2015 <clears throat> um there was all kind of perks like uh you like 25 people paid 25 dollars which gave you a digital HD download of the movie <laughs> um when it came out uh, 30 dollars got you the DVD 18 people claimed that well 18 um, suckers 74 people claimed the blu-ray for 35 74 suckers yeah and then uh shit there was a lot of perks here but they made a lot of money you know they made the money for the film pretty much um and some people even even claimed the supporting role which was 900 dollars. dude associate producer man three claimed the five thousand dollar perk god damn there was a fanboy dream package, which consisted of you and what a friend. What is that much money? Look at this. Fanboy dream package. You and a friend slash partner will spend two days and two nights on the set. This includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the cast and crew, and a dinner with your favorite actor, director, and the producers. You will also act in a scene together with your favorite actor, plus VIP invitation to the premiere and after party for you, plus one. Travel and lodging not included. You'll also for get five a- no, this is two grand. You'll also get oh, a credit okay. in the movie and on IMDb. Plus two mega sets, plus two crew shirts, two scripts signed by the cast and crew. $2,000 for that. And you had to pay for your own fucking travel and lodging. <laughs> That's always the case. Like, I've never seen one of those where they pay for your travel and lodging. It's always like... Dude, if you you're paying pay two it. grand already, they could at least give you a fucking room to sleep in. Mm-hmm. It's not that expensive, man. Plus traveling... 
yeah, that's that's a little bit more expensive when you have to take a flight or whatever. That's fine, but that should be included. That's bullshit. Well, three people paid for it, so <laughs> that's horseshit, dude. Because essentially, you spend the two thousand dollars on this package, and you got to pay for your hotel and flight. I mean, that's another probably thousand dollars right there. So what the fuck? Weak sauce. Anyways, continue. I just thought I had read that out. Yeah. Um. So that you know, it made its money, right? And another situation where it's this was May 2015. This was. This was uh, two and a half years ago at this point uh, yeah. that this film made its budget, and we still have no film, you know, and it, it hasn't even shot yet. Um, so that's, you know, really annoying, right? Like, well, all the money's now in Tom Savini's makeup school. I mean, I doubt it. Uh huh. Um, but. That's always tough to assume. Time, I mean, his school was. It's been around for a lot, a lot of years, and it's been pretty yeah. successful. And, and 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 what I've heard, it's like really expensive to go to too. So I'm sure he's rolling in the funds. Yeah, well, he doesn't um, have a good reputation. So I actually just hired somebody at work who goes there right now. Um. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's very sucky, dude, because we don't really know what's going on with it. It's been a very, very long time since we've had an update about it. Um, the last update, let me get it here, was actually, as far as I can tell, February 4th of 2016. So, quite a while ago. That was the last yeah. update? Fuck. So, yeah. so what it, What does the update say? Hey, sorry guys, uh, we, have, we, we still have your money, but we haven't started filming yet, just to let you know. Oh, wait, hold on a minute. <laughs> like, what? There actually might actually there was another update fairly recently uh, that I was not aware of. Uh, so this was actually the last update. This was just a couple months ago. This was back in August, August third of twenty seventeen. Pretty far in between updates, though. See, I just see February fifth, twenty seventeen. Yeah, and turns out that there was actually two other updates. There was one in July, uh, June of twenty seventeen. Let's so let's let's read the ones from twenty seventeen here, um, because that would be. Um, a little bit more recent, obviously. Uh, it says, uh, this one was from June. It says, hello, dear backers and citizens of Nightmare City. Here's our next highly anticipated update, which took a bit longer because we had a lot of calls and talks with our partners and producers the last few weeks. First and foremost, Nightmare City is not dead. Undead at most. We're still working hard on our project, but like many other independent film projects we've encountered some unforeseen obstacles and unfortunate setbacks it has become considerably difficult to find a decent budget for a horror film nowadays especially a zombie movie even renowned filmmakers like george romero and john carpenter have to face problems uh once uh to face problems and even hugely successful projects like world war z sequel have recently been delayed from studios uh dropping rates from the once massive hit the walking dead and also making it easier for us to convince financers uh also is not making it easier for us to convince financers as we have pre- previously noted we're not we're now working on a new strategy to shoot the majority of the film in puerto rico uh, where you could benefit from the appealing tax, oh. where we could benefit from the appealing tax incentive and exotic location. That ain't gonna happen uh, now. Uh, one of the main difficulties we have to face, like almost all film and genre projects, is 
there are in fact only two options to make a horror film these days. One, do it with a budget between 300 and 500k, uh, with uh, plenty of limitations and without theatrical release or without with a limited release or as a TV film. Two, get a budget between two and ten million. Uh, you have to have bankable A-list stars attached, such as Bruce Willis, Nick Cage, John Travolta, Keanu Reeves. Or three, make it make a twenty thousand dollar amateur film with some friends and with your parents credit card and shoot in the backyard or basement of your house <laughs> uh it has become nearly impossible for filmmakers to get a budget between these two options from finances and sales because the collapsed dvd market movie piracy and weak sales are you believing some of this like i mean i, I know that it's down um but i've actually heard some reports saying that the dvd market is actually booming right now <clears throat> again Hmm. Um, unfortunately there's also the frustrating catch 22 situation for all filmmakers in order to get a big budget and a green light for production companies distributors and financiers uh, wants to see A-list stars attached but to get such a star be on board you need to you need to have a big budget in place and major funding for the pay and play deal over the last few months, our experienced casting director has been doing her best, uh, diligently working and talking, uh, renegotiating with several agents. Our current shortlist includes names like Ron Perlman, Pierce no, Bronson. No. What? I'm just going to say no, who all these people oh, okay. are not going to do it. Nev Campbell, Alicia no. Silverstone, Sharon no. Alicia no. Silverstone? Where the fuck has but, she been since the 90s? Rosario Dawson. Definitely no. Kurt Russell, Sam, Dawson. Sam Neill, Thomas Jane, as well as cult favorites like Alex Cooper. Yeah, none Cooper. of those people are going to do that. Alex Cooper might. Uh, we're already in discussions with some of them and learned that the financiers have a different view on what we fans think at Activate. I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because it's kind of long. Um, another obstacle that suddenly arose, which is currently trying to figure out that could affect our plans, is the current financial situation in Puerto Rico, which Jeremy alluded to. I wasn't talking about that. Oh. There's okay. that, but it also got fucked up. So okay. nobody's going to be shooting a movie there anyway because of the fucking hurricane. Oh, yeah. Everything. Our, our partners had some meetings with potential financiers, investors, and distributors in Cannes, and everyone seemed to have lots of commercial potential in this remake, uh, believe in our concept. We're also now in talks with a producer who has produced, sold, and distributed more than 100 films and is very interested in Nightmare City uh, and our projects. I just spoke with him, and he just completed a $37 million film with Keanu Reeves. Um, I wonder what the hell that was. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, upon speaking yeah, they with could at least mentioned what it was. <laughs> after Cannes, we basically now have three options on how to proceed. Produce our f- film with a low budget around 500k, uh, which is pretty good because, I mean, if you got 100k from them, then you, that means you raise another 400k by yourself uh, and make it a directed DVD release uh, for TV or film. First of all, do, do these people actually think that this has potential to be in the theaters? Like, I really don't. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I Why thought sci-fi should have been the goddamn plan from the beginning. Because there's no name recognition with this film. Like, the only people that are going to see this is horror fans. So why not cater to them instead of trying to appeal to a, a mass mainstream which has no interest? You know what I mean? Uh, like, no, no mainstream person is going to know what Nightmare City is. 
Well, so I mean, if you don't have a name recognition, then you're just making another zombie. But film. dude, there was lots of people that had no idea that the It movie was a remake either, and they still went and seen oh, it. Get the, dude, get there the was get here. the that that movie was so hyped as it as as a, as a, a half. So many people I literally knew it was fucking adaptation. heard people say that. Standing but in line. Very, very, very my. I'm just fucking saying. I'm just fucking but, saying. Uh, everybody knows that it. Who gives it, a I'm shit? I'm saying it now. has it name recognition though, dude. It if doesn't they didn't have know to it's have a- name recognition. It doesn't even have to be played off as a remake. Just mark it as Nightmare City, another fucking zombie film like World War Z. Zombies are but dead. World yo. War Z had great name oh, recognition. Yeah, the Walking Ooh. Dead does really shitty right now, Jeremy. Yeah, it, it is actually is. It's doing really bad. So shut up. But but no, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, Listen, Mr. you're missing the point. You're missing the point. No. I'm not saying that a film can't be successful in the theater. I mean, that goes without saying. Like, there's tons of films that are successful in the theater, right? I'm saying that you're making, you're banking on the fact that this film is a remake, or otherwise, why wouldn't you just be trying to make a zombie film, right? It makes no sense. So, so you are. But taking can, into account that you have a name. That's the beside. way you see it, though. I mean, if you just put the film out as Nightmare City directed yeah. by tom savini uh uh-huh. what does it matter it doesn't have to be marketed i don't see it as being marketed as a remake it doesn't have to I'm be marketed. As if, a- it, if it was just a regular movie uh that tom savini directed i'm saying it would probably bomb in the theater i agree <laughs> well, name the last zombie movie that's <clears throat> been in the theaters moods it was that world uh, war z uh, i don't know warm, warm bodies maybe yeah, that was like three years ago. <laughs> but I mean, I just I don't know. So maybe it, it's like, time to have another one in there. Yeah, and Nightmare City is going to be the big seller. I'm not saying it's going to be fucking massive, but Jesus Christ, you're so fucking negative about everything. It's, no, it's I just think you just it's not going to make any money. It's it's like it's just you know what you see out of it. Like to me. I think that if you're gonna, I think it would. if, if you're, you make put, if movie, you're making a film for two hundred thousand dollars and you put it in the theaters, but you're not gonna make it for name the last two hundred thousand dollar movie. It's not been. going in the theater if it's yeah. two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, maybe not, but because then you can't pay for promotion and. But, but that, even so if you got you investor okay. to pay for promotion, so you get like, investors. You have to make a really good movie. Mm-hmm. So you got so you got this you know five million dollar film and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and you put it out as Nightmare City. You just don't you just mark it as Nightmare City, a zombie film directed by Tom Savini, starring fucking whoever they get to star in it, man. I, I don't Nicolas know. Nicolas Cage? Yeah. <laughs> Bo Svensson, who fucking cares? Um, yeah. So you think it's like it's just automatically going to bomb because it is a zombie film or that it's directed by. No, okay. Because well, it has no interest. That, what, how do you know it doesn't have movie, interest? To be, because look, here's why it doesn't have interest. I, I right? think it has Name interest. Name one right movie. Because it's that, been so long since there's been a zombie film in the theater. That's where I think that the interest comes into play right now. Because okay, it's been and, a long period. It very well period. could be a little bit interest, but I'm asking you a question, though. Yes. What movie right now in the theater? or you know the last two years has been successful and also has not had a major studio pushing it with a budget what film um, yeah dun, 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 dun. well i mean to be honest dude you know me i don't really pay attention to numbers anyway so i honestly can't answer that from an educated from an educated side like i really don't pay attention to the numbers i haven't really paid attention to numbers until we started doing box office office i really don't care about the numbers what's the number what's the question so i actually don't know 
what movies yeah. have done well or did bad and not i mean I've, I've mentioned this many times on the show before i brought up a film and you've been like no that that thing totally did shitty and i'm like oh really i thought it did well see i don't really yeah. know so i can't okay. take an educated guess here i'm sorry but so everything did we are what, i'm i'm taking educated guess and saying that nightmare city like you have to find a way to market it right like there has to be an angle and and unless you just I, have a massive amount of money and you push it on people because mm-hmm. let's face it bad movies do good all the time because they have good marketing exactly not exactly. Yeah, good I, movie. I, I get that i get that completely but i'm just saying so how I, do you sell nightmare city is what I i'm think, saying i think honestly it'll sell itself a tiny bit based on the simple fact that there has been no zombie films in the theater for so many years like i can't even think mm-hmm. of like is this world war z or is it hard body or hard bodies or warm bodies, whatever the fuck it was. I don't even remember, dude, but it's been, I think it's been such a long period that if you, put oh, Resident something, Evil. even with a title, yeah, like, Resident Evil comes out, okay, just came out. Okay. So people are into that shit. So, um, I think if you put out a zombie film with a title, like nightmare city, I think the title alone will resonate with, with, you know, a lot of different people. I mean, if you're into no. horror movies at Do all, you think it would resonate with the uh, mainstream? It would be a bomb. Absolute bomb. I don't know, man. I, I, I truly think that... I think, I, I just, think it'll connect I, I think a putting bit any type of movie, whether it's a slasher... You could say the same thing with a slasher, right? There hasn't been a slasher in so long uh, in the theater, um, except for Happy Death Day, right? But uh, well, kind of. Not really. It's not really a slasher. But it did... But, so it made $100 million. Just, just, okay, even a werewolf film, anything. Take any film that hasn't been made a lot recently. Yeah. And just because you dump a movie that hasn't been done recently in the theater doesn't mean that it's going to appeal to no to you're 100 money but you can use this argument for any type of film it's just it, it, that's it, right just, i mean yeah. honest, honest to god a lot of movies sometimes the success of them is by timing it's kind of a fluke mm-hmm. um you know you don't really you can't really predict how things are going to happen i just think that the way I look at it is that there's been such a huge gap is it since the last you one. Want that it, you would want it to be successful because no, I think we of course, all of course I would successful. want Tom Savini to have a successful film. But I'm also looking at this from my my fucking strange little alternate universe I live in in Realm Three. I just look at it like you know it, there's been such a huge gap. I think that it comes into play with timing now. There's been this gap. I think there's you're been giving this void. too much credit to the average person. Right, like the average person, I I, I wish I, would go see a, something like Nightmare City, but I just have absolutely no faith. Yeah. I'm that trying they would to go. be a little bit more of that person where the glass is half full, not half empty. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm well, giving too I'm much credit saying, to people. Jeremy, we know where you stand. Everything's gonna bomb. The, the appropriate but, way that's to not it, do dude. this, film, I just don't think like the only see major from, horror though? movies that've done good this year is Happy Death Day and fucking it. That's and it. Everything out. and I think and those get are out. Everything else has performed way under what we've predicted on box office brawl. So I think this movie, which is clearly going to have no money okay. to market they or anything need, like that, need, it's going to have no big. It would big end up things. making like two million. I'm two million. Saying. Yeah, I I think that it probably would. You know, so because like you're not going to get you know a a, a forty million dollar film and then another 20 million for budget out of a film like nightmare city there's just not enough value there yeah, right like you you have to write the greatest zombie script of all time and have the greatest actor of all time attached to it to get that much money from from investors so realistically where do we stand with it okay can we sell the so name what you're not saying is, really no this movie is never going to have a chance then <laughs> not not 
in a mainstream theatrical setting. That's mm. why I think that they're silly for even considering it. I think that they should focus on making a, a five hundred to a million dollar movie and putting it on streaming or direct to video. I mean, I would I think ra- that I that's mean, honestly, place. I would rather just do that too. But I mean, if I look at it from the other perspective too, I think that it has a chance given the right investors given the right uh casting in this i think it could be marketed for something i mean you could still make a relatively good movie for i don't know five five million five six million right mm-hmm. you know you you put a little bit off for marketing and stuff i mean just given the the ideas that i presented there you know there's there, there's been this huge gap i mean who knows maybe the is success it possible of it, to make a good movie for that absolutely dude but i'm i'm looking at it from the point of view like who's gonna invest in that who who can you sell it to to get that kind of budget that's why i'm saying i think their focus yeah. shouldn't even be on that because i think that you can't sell this film to somebody to get a budget off of them an investor is not gonna like what are you selling so you're just basically like, selling you're just basically selling or you, you think they can't sell it because it's just a stale zombie story I don't know what the story is, well, it but doesn't, I know that, I don't think it matters what the story is. Pitch, right? You have to have a pitch to the investors. Yeah, and I'm saying, how do you sell this to somebody to give you ten million dollars? Like, they're not going to look at it like, how do I get my money back? Well, not knowing what they're you know what they're actually going to do with the story, I'm assuming they're probably going to change the ending. <laughs> you know, I mean, take this yeah. core idea well, that mean, Umberto Lenzi had in this idea film, of like a widespread zombie epidemic. Uh, mm. And your lead protagonist is a reporter. I think you would like, have to that, come up that's with a, a whole fair n- enough. Yeah, and you know, that's you all make you it use. character heavy, you make it really gory. You got Tom Savini there, like it makes sense. But I'm saying to an investor, nobody is going to give you that money. So I think they should lower their expectations, focus on the DVD market, make a smaller yet still good film. You know, toned like you're or not going to be able to make it as wide scale. Or maybe you're going to find that investor that's looking at it from my point of view is like, hey, there's been a huge gap here in in theatrical zombie films. Hey, why not take a chance here? I've got fucking a hundred million dollars here. I'll give you, nobody's going to give you $5 million. And that doesn't mean shit though. Just cause the the gap is not enough of a sell. Yeah. Don't you think they would wait for a, probably a better script than nightmare city and something more marketable than you could wait on a better, you could wait on a better script for See, an eternity you look at it like a like, like you're always going to come across something better i mean if you look at it like that you're going to be sitting on your ass not doing anything about anything well, it, forever let's just say that the script is really good right mm-hmm. like it, i'm fine with making that argument that the script is really good whether a really good like we see hundreds of really good independent films that do not get theatrical releases every year because they would bomb for the most part it comes at night bombed i thought that was one of the best scripts in a long time right and it bombed it did terrible what was another movie mother great script bombed you know what i mean so you don't just have to have a good movie so what you're saying so what you're saying here is it's it's the it's essentially the people's fault for just not going to see this or is is it a lack of marketing in it well okay Mm -hmm. it's mother i'm I'm saying it's the it's the people's fault that you're not going to get a movie like this made because an investor is going to look at it and not see a returnable. So essentially, uh, what you're saying is we need this. to have we we the only things that are going to sell big time in the theater, make a lot of money in a theatrical release, are just your generic stories. Then, so if you no, put, because it did good, Get Out did good. Those those movies did good. They also had powerful marketing behind it. But well, I'm not necessarily probably- talking about the landscape of theatrical releases right now. I'm more saying. 
talking about these people and their focus on getting this movie made if the, trying to get this movie made for a large scale budget to me because you might you might say like as an investor modes you said oh why don't we uh put do put money into this because there hasn't been a zombie film in a while i as an investor would look at that and be like zombies are not in right now like there's no there's no there's nothing that that okay, is not so, a good so thing. So me and you were both. So me and you were both for, investors, and Tom Savini comes to you, and you say, "No, I'm going to pass on nope. this because I think zombies." I would say are, no. Okay, I know, I know what I'm you're going to say. I'm going to pass for five million dollars. But then sure. I would look at it and go, "Hey, this is my <laughs> reasoning for putting the time and effort and the money into this because, hey, there's a void that needs to be filled. Why not attempt it with this? I mean, investors because then do it all you'll the be time. three million dollars poorer." <laughs> yeah, but Jeremy, you said it yourself. You don't know. Sometimes things actually work, and sometimes they yeah, don't. But yeah, but not yeah, Nightmare sometimes, City. Sometimes, but you can't take you like as an investor, you can't just go off of sometimes. Like you have to, you have to see a why fi- not? Like people take chances all the time on shit like this. And, man. and sometimes you they never work, know. And every single work, movie, I'm saying it's not an intelligent decision. Every single movie just that's ever been a, invested to roll in, the dice. Right? Every single movie that's ever been invested in by an investor is a gamble. No matter how you it, look yes, at it, but, every single movie but, ever put out is a gamble. You don't know if it's going to be. You have so, no idea. No, but I'm so saying, this is no different. You also have to have. You have to use intelligent decisions because it is a gamble. I thought you it through. I, as my, much my information is, as you can about something. Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, I thought it through, and I was like, "Hey, there's a void here. Maybe we can kind of exploit that and do something with it." I mean, yeah, okay. So th- th- I, that's a that's a fair argument, I guess. I just don't see just that look- a lot of okay. You don't investors- have to agree with me. You're the investor that's not going to take the chance. I'm the investor that's going to no, take the no, chance. No, I, I don't really care what investor I am or, or not. I'm saying to get the movie made. That's what I'm really talking about here. Is I think that it's the wrong approach because I think there are less people like you that would take the risk on Well, I would actually on, because I'm a fan. I mean, as a fan and now I'm an investor. Yeah. I would look at the original film and go, "Okay, I'm a I'm a fan of the film. I I love Umberto Lenzi's idea for the film and stuff." Whatever. I mm. mean, financially, yeah, it might There's not, not be There's not a ton one. of you out there, right? There's not a ton of investors yeah. who are also fans of the sorts of material out there. But, but I wish we, there were how, because we'd have a lot more movies made, right? But I'm not necessarily talking about whether you would or wouldn't invest in it. I'm saying whether the actual real world landscape that we live in would or would not invest in it. And I think it goes to show because the film hasn't been invested in that mm-hmm. that most people would look at it like. Oh, well, I'm in the a, minority a for sure, and I mean, I think we established that from the start. <laughs> I'm in the minority for sure, but I'm just looking at it from a different perspective of just okay, no, this is just not another generic. Film. I'm going to pass on it just because it's a zombie film. Try to look at it from a different perspective and try to market it off using that void. You know that that's your marketing tool right there. Use that void, okay, guys. I mean, we understand zombies were watered down for years and years and years. There was films coming out all the time, straight to DVD, Blu-ray, you know, theatrical, blah blah blah. Now there's been a void. Hey, when's the right time to bring it back? Is it is it right now? Is mm-hmm. it three or five? Is it seven years or never? I mean, it, typically you never bring it's them back? when something big happens, like Walking Dead, right? Like yeah. then you get a huge influx of zombie films. So yeah, it's it, it's you know. It just depends. But so they said, you know, should we produce produce it with a low budget, five hundred thousand dollars, and have and make it direct to video? Uh, keep working with A list actors to try to get a bigger budget, theatrical release, uh, and making this film without any creative restrictions, similar to how the remake of Dawn of the Dead, The Crazies, and Evil Dead uh, did theirs. Um, 
Now, what do those three films have in common? They seem to have probably, minus the crazies, they probably had a bigger um, name recognition. Like, Dawn of the Dead and Evil Dead will sell themselves based on name alone. Um, but, but see, The Crazies uh, is a great example. I think that's a great contrast, though, because The Crazies was you know, very similar to the same type of status as like a nightmare city. Like it's more of a cult film. It's not yeah. wild. It's not very well known outside of this realm that we and reside. How much in. money did I lose? I don't know, Jeremy. I don't know. You know the fucking answer to that because you know, I don't follow the fucking numbers. So stop did asking rhetorical money? You don't questions. Stop asking rhetorical questions, man. You know, I'm not going to fucking answer that. I don't know. Did okay. Well so look what up did the numbers? it lose? Jeremy? I'm just saying they attempt. My point is here is that they attempted it. They actually yeah, made but that a doesn't, film. That doesn't. The budget was twenty million, and it made thirty nine, thirty nine million. So it made money. Uh, it, it made no. money. Yeah, because it made fifty four total. Okay, so after marketing and everything, I bet you it made four million dollars. I disagree. I don't think so. I, I, th- I think. I think that you think that they put twenty million into marketing for the crazies. Yeah. For the crazies. You're I fucking think it, crazy. I think, it made, I think it made money. But but here's the thing also that you're not realizing. This was at a time where um, you know zombies were, were hot again, right? And and infected films. Okay, yeah. Exactly. And that, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And I mean there's different there's different ways and to remakes attack. were there's, hot. There's a right? different remakes t- are not hot right now. Well, yeah, they are. <laughs> it are they? come on. Biggest movie of like biggest selling horror film of all time. I mean, it's essentially no. It, it was an adaptation. It's a Come readaptation. On. Come on, but seriously, man, it's a readaptation slash. It, it, it's another movie. But that doesn't mean remakes are hot. That just means there happened to be a remake or what? readaptation that I did respectfully well. Respectfully disagree. There's I mean, not a ton of them right now. No, I, mean, I said what else at came le- out? At least what, one what other one? At least one was huge. Happened to be yeah, the but top selling horror film well, of all time. Huge does not mean hot though, right? Hot means there's an influx of them. Everybody's doing Maybe it. Maybe that's the start. It's got to start somewhere. And it could be. It could be a recycle. I mean, I'll tell you what is hot. Stephen King adaptations. Exactly. Right? <laughs> but, okay, so um, basically, yeah, uh, the, the I think the crazies came out at a good time where remakes were very popular. And the zombie genre wasn't, uh, you know, in, in the state that it is right now. Um, They said three, try to co-finance the film with equity shares, which means fans can invest and become shareholders with equity funds. However, we would need to raise uh, at least 300K with equity shares to complete the budget and get close to the minimum required of 1 million. That's kind of an interesting idea. There, you actually get a chance to invest. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Moots, come on, take your chance. <laughs> so, well, so you lose your that, money. That was, you're that was mis- you're Mr. Funny. You're Mr. Fucking Moneybags over there. Cheap ass motherfucker. So, so that was the update from. Um, no, I just know not to waste my money on something that's not going to make anything. Yeah, but you're also never going to fucking attempt to make money either. So don't give me that bullshit. And you know you never will. Right? You said to keep my You're saying if we were investors, Jeremy wouldn't invest in anything? Probably I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's that's my point. You know, I <laughs> yeah, would I don't know, think you would take a risk on anything. You would never take a risk. So, <laughs> what Especially not Nightmare City. Yeah, but yeah. J- Jeremy, that's not the point. The point is that you would never, ever attempt that in any film. Okay, so uh, this was the update from uh, August 3rd. It says, hello, everyone. We have hope everyone is enjoying the summer. Uh, 
Firstly, thank you very much for many positive and motivating messages, emails, input, ideas, interests, and other projects we've we've received since the last update. Your feedback has confirmed our thoughts on how we should still go with option two and continue aiming for a bigger budget to make Nightmare City the best possible film we can. Even if it's more difficult and laborious, uh, we are striving to make this dignified and wickedly brilliant remake without any creative limitations or restrictions with the best possible cast current special effects we have spent these last few weeks working on our projects creating and fine-tuning budgets and schedules planning for different shooting locations budget variations and possibilities we've been busy negotiating and discussing with potential partners agents managers uh, interested investors and sales guys were also in touch with some A-list agents and managers, stars who have received script, the script and have been bringing it over the summer. We're in talks with popular actors from hit series such as Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, as well as some great well-known bankable stars from successful blockbusters and movie franchises. We can't specify... We can't reveal specific names of actors and actresses at the time which we have been approached so far because of ongoing negotiations and non-disclosure agreements. But we can at least uh, give you one small tease with the picture below. We are currently working uh, on uniting these same four icons. I believe that is Robert England, Tom Savini. Who are these people? I don't even know who these people are. Um, There's a picture of some people. Uh, currently, most of the people are on vacation. Some of our partners are still busy with post-production on their latest projects. Our casting director and our partners should get back to us ASAP, but already told us that we might take until September after the holidays until everyone, especially most of the agents, actors, and managers, is back from vacation and work again. In the meantime, we're still working and preparing lots of things preparing paperwork and contracts, location scouting, gathering ideas, cool special effects, um, so that once we needed Bankable A-list star on board uh, to greenlight the project to our financiers and uh, get in production as uh, promptly as possible. On a side note, as we mentioned earlier, we're currently developing two other cool horror movie projects apart from Nightmare City. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it looks like good we start filming the first one this fall winter uh, with cool cast and crew. It shouldn't be um, if we shouldn't do Nightmare City first. As promised, we will do our best uh, that every Nightmare City backer will receive some bonus perks and other projects Um such as DVDs, free downloads, memorabilia, thanks in the credits, etc. Uh, so it looks like they're still rolling with like trying to um, do the bigger budget option. Um, but it seems like they, I don't know, like to me, it's like, I guess what I, the whole point of that debate that we just had, Moods, is I was trying to say, I, like, I'm coming from the perspective of what should these people be doing based on the information that we have? <clears throat> the information that we have is they're remaking Nightmare City. That's pretty much all the information we have. Sell it to investors. I just don't think that there are generous enough investors out there, there to just say, well, I haven't seen a zombie film in a while, so I'm going to give you all this money to to put one in, in the theater. Um, as good as that would be if it was the case, 
uh, it would be awesome. But I'm saying from a realistic approach, I think that it's a bad idea to keep shooting for this goal that you're going to hopefully find somebody. And that's why I started going into I don't think Nightmare City as a remake is bankable because it's not well enough known to get uh, to sell to investors as a movie that is go that, that has the name recognition to put money into to be a remake that's going to do well theatrically. Um, I wish they would just make, you know, uh, a direct-to-video zombie flick that's good. I mean, hell, The Dead was great, right? I mean, obviously, it's probably the more logical way to go. I mean, I'm trying to see the light in this, though, too. I mean, I understand where they're coming from. I mean, there's still a market for everything, and there's still people that are going to be interested in, you know, you just have to find them, right? There is those people, you know? I mean, there's probably only a handful of them, but they're still out there. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just looking at this from a different perspective. I mean, I'm not just going to say, yeah, fuck that. It's never going to work. That's bullshit. I'm not taking the Jeremy approach and being super negative about it. I'm trying to think because of it. Because it isn't going to work, though. Well, there you go. I mean, we, we already know your thoughts. But, you know, I mean, like what I was trying to get at, there, there's, there is a market and you can sell shit to people. But is it wise in this one? I don't know. I don't fucking know, dude. I, I I never thought in a million years that it would do as well as it did. Or Happy Death Day. I don't think anybody thought cr- that it would that's, do That's, as that's the thing that, did. I mean, if you use that logic, I'm like, Happy Death Day? I can't even believe it made $100 million. Like, I honestly can't believe it. Like, I just can't. I would have never even, ugh. I did because I had good promotion and I had Blumhouse. It did have great promotion. I thought but, so. But, you know, I at the end that. of the day, at the end of the day, the movie still has to be good. You know, it's for not, not, word of not mouth. true, right? That's not didn't true. Didn't think it was good. <laughs> yeah, right. That is true. <clears throat> I, I did. Unfortunately, I, I, went, I, 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 did, I did. I did give him my eight dollars, but yeah, man, you just never know with these things. Eight dollars—that's fucking cheap in Canada. You really, really fucking don't. I think it'd be no. More. I think it was nine. I think it's nine, eight seventy-five or something like that. But the point is, I wanted all my money back after. <laughs> So uh, there is our update on Nightmare City. <laughs> it sounds like it's going to get made eventually, maybe. I don't know. It sounds like they at least are tr- doing stuff on like Sandman, which there's like no fucking updates ever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the thing is, what it comes down to, I mean, how long are they going to try and shop this thing around to investors? Forever. I mean, it's already <laughs> been in the works. For, the I mean, Lizzie they, already died. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you can put it like that it's kind of morbid but um <laughs> but like i mean it's been a couple years you know it's we're going on like three years since this thing has been you know funded and now they want more money and things like that i mean how much longer do you wait until you finally decide shit let's just make the fucking movie for the hundred and forty thousand that we have and then put it out well it does seem like they they have more than that right like it, it seems like they, well, whatever they have i mean how long do you wait they have like five hundred thousand already you know we can't with investors we can't get keanu reeves so we'll take fucking aja argento we'll, no we'll or take daniel we'll, harris we'll take michael or sid Haig. michael like, dudikoff these people are all michael dudikoff <laughs> like hey man i saw that guy in american ninja he's pretty good man remember that canon guy that got fucked <laughs> i do understand wanting to do a big nightmare city because the concept at the end of the day it seems a wide scale but i don't know man sucks anyway that's that's our update
So moving into the year of 1981 with Cannibal Ferox. Yes. Um, So there's always been a huge debate on who was the originator of the cannibal genre. And it's actually quite interesting because there used to be like this kind of friendly battle between Umberto Lenzi and Ruggiero Diodato. And, you know, Ruggiero Diodato is pretty vocal about saying that he's the one that created the cannibal genre. Uh, but a lot of people do not agree with him. In fact, most people do not agree with, <laughs> with uh, Diodato on that because Umberto Lenzi uh, directed a film, and I believe in, is it 1972, 1973, uh, called Man from Deep River? which is widely known to be the first cannibal film. This is kind of the film that kind of set the whole cannibal subgenre in motion. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. people say, you know, it, that narrative gave the well, narrative to all the films that followed after. And Theodato can't have the first everything, man. He already got first found footage. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, w- w- which is very true. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I was watching this, uh, this documentary and they, they were going back and forth on it. It's, it's like absolutely hilarious to hear because nobody agrees with Diodato. It's everyone's on Lindsay's side, uh, with, um, the man from deep river. Um, so, so his, you know, or Diodato, you know, he claims, you know, with his film, um, Jungle Holocaust was like the first one, right? Cause that one came out what 1976, 1977, it preceded cannibal Holocaust. So he's claiming that that's the original one kind of thing. But we all know the man from Deep River came first. And, you know, and the irony behind uh, Cannibal Lost World, a.k.a. Jungle Holocaust, directed by Diodato, is that that movie was actually supposed to be directed by Umberto Lenzi. (laughs) So what happened was... Jesus Christ. So what happened was... I'm lost. This is as convoluted as Phasmo. Why is this convoluted? This is not... (laughs) Who's no, who and who's joke, supposed to direct Calm down. And... Okay, well, let me fight. How is, this, how is this not being followed? Okay, Man from Deep River came out yeah, directed no, by, no, no. I get directed you. by I get Umberto you. Lenzi, and it sold really well in Germany. So Germany picked up the rights for – they signed a contract with Umberto Lenzi saying, hey, since this movie did so well over here, I want you to direct another cannibal film, which ultimately would have been Lost Cannibal World, a.k.a. Jungle Holocaust. But he ended up turning it down. He's like, no, he kind of broke his contract. He said, fuck this shit. And ultimately that script went to Diodato, who you know directed the film, and then went on to make uh, Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> so, and the word on the street is, is that Umberto Lenzi got a little bit jealous of the success of Cannibal Holocaust because we all know how infamous Cannibal Holocaust is. I mean, Ruggiero Diodato went to fucking jail for six months because that movie was so was it explicit. Really six months? Yeah, he spent six months in jail and had to Jesus prove that this Christ. movie was not real and shit like that. But, you know, it was this big international phenomenon. It was banned in Italy and it had so much success everywhere. It became, it, that movie is single-handedly the film that created the video nasties, essentially, in, mm-hmm. uh, in the UK. So, so Lindsay was really kind of jealous that he's like, well, fuck, man. You know, like I could have directed Jungle Holocaust and fuck, he got all the success. So he went on to do his own film called Cannibal Ferox. That's where and he decided to rip off Diodato. So essentially, you know, and the word on the street is that he kind of wanted to up him in the gore and, you know, the shock value and stuff. Hence, you know, all the animal killings. Well, he I mean, should have upped him in making a better film. <laughs> that, would, that would be the real way to yeah. up somebody. Right? Yeah, so Cannibal Ferox, so, yeah, so Cannibal Ferox is more of a trashy version of Cannibal Holocaust. But 
Here, we'll get Which into- is already a trashy version of Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal <laughs> so. Holocaust is already trashy. <laughs> oh, but it's so good, though. But anyways, we'll get into this. Uh, three friends out to disprove cannibalism meet up, or meet two men on the Which run who are the, tortured. Let's just say that out loud, right? Okay, three friends out to disprove cannibalism, which is actually not even like because a lot of these films have that like oh cannibalism is a myth like is it really that hard to believe that somebody at some point has eaten another person? <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it's, 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 it happened been... with those soccer players who got in that fucking plane crash. They, alive. they were alive, but yeah, but that's survival. That's different though. That's different. The, the, we're talking it's about like primitive. We're talking about primitive cultures and stuff. But so uh-huh. which this synopsis is actually wrong. Three friends out to disprove cannibalism. It's actually only one girl. The other two are yeah. just along with her. But anyways, meet two men on the run who tortured and enslaved a cannibal tribe to find emeralds and now the tribe is out for revenge so yeah man so we have one girl who's that's her that's her thing she's in the amazon here trying to write her dissertation on disproving that there is actually cannibalism and they come across uh giovanni was she wrong giovanni lamberto raddis who we all know from so many damn italian films because this motherfucker shows up in tons and tons of films and he always gets massacred in every one of them he's in cannibal apocalypse he's in city of the living dead he's in house by the edge of the park of course cannibal ferox uh he is also in stage fright he is also in phantom of death directed by diodato he's in the church he's in the church he's in the devil's daughter also known as the sect directed by michael suave and he's in body puzzle directed by lamberto bavo I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And the running joke with this guy is that he always gets just annihilated in every film. Hence, this film, he loses his penis. <laughs> and his arm. Come yeah. on, bro. He gets just the nastiest fucking death scene in this film ever. But it's like, yeah. it's so cool, man. But very recognizable Listen. face. But yeah, <clears throat> so. so I heard people say that this is better than Holocaust. No, you, correction. You have heard Zach say that. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Who? No. What is Zach smoking? Because, like, okay, like, I'm not saying this is bad or anything, right? No, I think it's but bad. Like, I don't like, I mean, maybe it's just Can- my Can- Holocaust is, like, a masterpiece compared to this, Yeah. right? Well, Cannibal Holocaust. Some people might say Cannibal Holocaust is a masterpiece compared to anything, right? Yeah. But, I mean, like, this, this movie literally is a ripoff of Cannibal Holocaust. Like, they're... There's so much, it's just like the same movie, but not as good, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they try to even lift some of the dialogue about um, who's the real savages and stuff. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't make sense because clearly, well, clearly you people are innocent and these people are like just savaging the fuck out of you. <laughs> of course, the social commentary in both these films are very similar because they have the same type of outcomes. It's, you know, just kind of proving that white man is evil. You know, it, it does it in Cannibal Holocaust. It does it in Cannibal. Yeah, Fierox. but it doesn't make sense in this film because the people saying that have done nothing wrong. Yeah, right. It makes no sense in this one. Yeah, well, it was the other two dudes. Well, that, shit. I mean, no, that, 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 that's essentially done anything. Yeah, that's essentially <laughs> what they're pointing at. It's just these fuckers. They can all. I mean, it's essentially saying you know, white man can. Every time they're in a situation, they just create havoc and they just do bad shit and stuff. And it, it's kind of funny to put this kind of subtext into a film. It's like. You know, it's directed by white guy, just kind of showcasing the bad side of of fucking white people. It's it's actually quite. Yeah, but what did the d- girls do? They didn't do shit. No, but I mean, they're they're a vic- they're victims of circumstance here, essentially. I mean, yeah, but they're the ones that are saying who are the real savages when it's clearly they're getting savaged 
innocently. Yeah, but I, think, I, can't I, think they're not, I think they're not looking at it like, you know, that this dude was the full... I mean, I, I guess essentially they they know that this guy was evil and stuff. It comes out in the film that this guy was a piece of shit in the backstory, right, with the emeralds and stuff. Uh-huh. So, you know, I mean, the guy was a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, but why are the girls saying that when they're in the they're in the they're in the hut being tortured? Like, why are they worried? Like, well, that they, one girl is clearly a piece of shit. the cannibals are are the bad guys to them, right? Yeah, like the and, cannibals that are torturing them are the bad people. So why would they raise the question on who the real savage is when they're being? killed it by these cannibals well maybe it was maybe it was this confusing or it was conflicting to them because they they know in their hearts that the reason why these these indigenous people are doing what they're doing is because they were provoked right so maybe yeah, they're a little bit conflicted they're, the they're a little bit in conflict i mean i mean you they're can about look to at it die like and be eight you can I would look not at be like on that. the side of the people that are about to die and, <laughs> eat, to kill and eat. but she's also coming but they're also coming from that that mentality of their, you know, because they went there. They're with, about to die and be eight. Yeah, but they, they horribly. Also went, I know they, they went there Eat with it. the notion that they were going to disprove cannibalism. So maybe that's not registering properly. I don't fucking no, know, it man. It clearly is because she's like, I don't want to. It's right when she's like, I don't want to die. Like she's all screaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. So clearly they know they're about to die. Well, yeah, but you know, it can still be confusing in that situation. I mean, I, I've never been in that situation <laughs> myself. Come on, man. <laughs> That is the most dumbest fucking line of dialogue in a movie like this ever. It makes sense in Cannibal Holocaust. It clearly makes sense. In this film, it's coming from the people who are about to be killed and ate by the savages. Eden. Cannibals. Eden. They're about to be eaten, not ate. Eden? Like the Garden of Eden? No, E A T T E N. Eden. Eden. Eaten. You know I can't talk. So why? Okay. So why are you correcting the way I'm saying stuff if you yourself can't even pronounce the word? Because it's in my mind. (laughs) So you're a dumbass in your mind. Fuck you. You're a dumbass. (laughs) Dumbass. But do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I I get it. I get it. I'm just, I'm I'm just arguing with you just for the sake of trying to, you know, give them a little bit of ground to stand on. Hey, man. Yeah. It's really, really painfully dumb. Like I literally laughed out loud when that happened because I was like. Yeah, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. These people are about to kill and eat you. There you go. But you're still stuck <laughs> on the notion. You're still stuck on the notion that uh, cannibalism does not exist. <laughs> no, it's savage? not that they're stuck on that notion. It's that they're stuck on the fact that they're, it's supposed to be a moment of clarity in the film where they realize that they, being the the civilized society, are the true savages and these innocent people are not the savages but it doesn't make sense in this movie because they're about to be killed and ate yeah but i mean why do you keep saying that but she's looking at it like the reason they are doing that is because they were provoked i mean honestly they would those indigenous people would have never came after them if they didn't have shit done to them in the first place yeah but dude it's like like, they were never (laughs) out for blood they were they were just minding their own business can't even they, I were can't just, even. they were just minding their own damn business and some fucking piece but of shit. They did not, these two girls did not do anything to these people. They would not be wondering why but on are, earth. But they're with them. They're with them. They're, now they're Those just, are not. They're, just they're not the with them. They are terrified that they're going to be killed. There's no reason to be with somebody who is about to murder you. No reason whatsoever. It I'm makes ta- no I'm sense ta- to I'm come from those about, characters. I'm talking about the girls were with the guys. 
Yeah, okay. They're, okay. They're, that's what I'm saying. They were victim of, because they're they were with those guys at one time. The the Indian they don't fucking know. The I'm difference. saying it makes no sense for a character be to be thinking about that when they didn't do anything to these cannibals. Okay, I know, but I mean at the same time, I mean we know why these cannibals are doing that too, though. It's like okay, but the dialogue isn't coming from us; it's coming from those girls. Mm-hmm. I think you're reading into this a little bit too much. It's cannibal fear. It's literally what do you talk? It's literally the whole point of cannibal holocaust. Of cannibal holocaust. Or fear Yeah, <clears throat> Cannibal Holocaust. That line, you know, the at the end of the movie, you know, uh, m- maybe it's not, you know, them who are the real savages or whatever. They try to do that in this movie, but it makes no sense because it's coming from a third party in the Cannibal Holocaust, but it's coming from the people in the first party who are being victimized in this film. It would make no sense for those characters, the ones who are victims, to wonder if they are not the real victims and it's really the cannibals who are the real victims it makes zero sense <laughs> in this movie okay okay this do you not agree you think it makes sense dude it's still the same it's relatively the exact same thing it's not 100 percent because it, context and and where it's coming from matters right if i watch a bunch of people hurt cannibals i can say wow looks like those people are the real savages if i myself am being attacked by cannibals for something that i didn't do i can't i would not ponder am i the real savage here you know what i mean it just doesn't make any sense in this context it made sense in cannibal holocaust just not in this context well i mean it is it's one person i mean the girl was there the blonde chick was there with fucking the cokehead, uh, with Mike, when they were fucking with that uh, that dude, and he shoots the girl, right? Well, if so, that's so the she- case, if they do truly feel bad and like are wondering about themselves, like are we the real bad people here? They sure in the hell aren't acting like it when they're about to be killed, because that's not how they're acting. So it's a, it's either way, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I still see it as like, okay, whatever. Um, so otherwise, man, you know, the the movie's a little bit shocking. You can tell that Lindsay was trying to one-up the uh, the animal killings using all the... Oh, yeah, it's uh, a lot in this one. He uses a lot of uh, stock see, footage he, and uses... He also failed to one-up them because the turtle kill in this one, like, he goes and takes... Like, if his whole point is to one-up them, right, he... Okay, there's a, a ton of animals in the rainforest. I could kill anything. Okay, I'm going to kill the exact same animal that they killed in Cannibal Holocaust, but I'm going to make it not as graphic. Let me ask you it guys something. How did you guys watch this movie, by the way? On the uh, Grindhouse releasing version? Oh, so the Shutter. Blu-ray? That, so the Blu-ray? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you so you got the you watched it with the extra scene, like the pig killing in there, too? Where he's, yeah, where he's, yeah, where the dialogues... Um, that is... Fun. I find that to be one of the most vicious fucking things I've ever seen on screen. I mean, that's just blatant, dude. Like, he's stabbing the shit. They kill... They ki- yeah, that one is awful. That, that is just the worst a brutal one. fucking kill, dude. Like Because just, it doesn't die immediately. Well, that stuff. one is so because you, that was Does yours have a pig kill, Jeremy? No. Yeah, okay. I don't think so. But, um, yeah, that, that scene is brutal because that was actually on the set. They really did kill that pig. Yeah, um, that, yeah. A lot of the other stuff, like, 
it's stock footage. The python. The, py- stock- the python with that little what 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 kind of animal monkey. is that thing? No 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 not the it, kind of no it's like a I thought it was like a oh, mongoose or something. The it looks thing like, with the long snout. Yeah. Or is it an anteater? I don't know. I don't know yeah, what those things an are. Yeah, I think the scene because they have one in the film. I don't think that's the one that they actually kill. I think they use stock footage of one. They actually tie it to a thing and they they incorporate it into the film or whatever. But the monkey one is nasty. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty nasty. But nothing nothing beats that pig kill though. That yeah, actually kind of makes you go fuck. P- man. Pigs pigs are sad because um, I don't know if you've ever seen a pig be killed, but it's like they know. Well, they well, do. I know you see. I know you've seen it because they're in, smart. They're the yeah. If, if you animal. they say pigs can actually pigs can actually are in death. real life. If you see a pig in real life get killed, dude. Like it's, I swear to fucking god, they know it's about to happen. It's fucking terrible. They do. Pigs actually animals. So. Yeah, pigs can actually feel. They have this weird kind of thing. They they just know death. It's really fucked yeah. up, man. I was yeah. It's really weird. Um, uh, but yeah, that one's just that, that one's an <laughs> awful kill. It's it's really really tough to watch, and it's just like it's so blatantly out of place in the film too. Like they're all of a sudden just in a hole. And then he's like stabbing the fucking shit out of this pig, and it's like, holy fuck, dude! Like that's pure shock value. Yeah, like but, why? Yeah, I know it, it doesn't actually even it does nothing for the film whatsoever. It, it it's just pure doesn't. Shock value. Why did he kill it? Because it was apparently attacking them, but it was like a baby pig. But it was a baby pig. <laughs> I know that. That's the thing I'd never understood about it. If it was like a full size boar, they, which they kill a pig in in Holocaust too, but they shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and this this is like a little piglet. It's no way that you're in danger from a piglet. I mean, full size boars and shit. Like, they will fucking kill people. They actually do. In fact, they kill more people than sharks every year. Um, so that that that's just kind of I hate that part in the film. And I, every time I watch this version, I always put it on the extra scenes. <laughs> that fucking scene in there because I just I always have to watch the longest cut. You know. It's, yeah, the other scene is with the piranha. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they. Got- he talks. He talks. He says something. It's a line of dialogue. Yeah, I'm not sure why they cut that out of the film. That's a weird one. It's not even that bad. Yeah, but it's pretty cool though to see piranhas. Like, you know, I, I, that was I not shot very well, honestly. No, I mean that's uh, they don't look like they're attacking at all. <laughs> it's some type of stock footage that they used. I don't know what the fuck. And also the the like uh, the guy the guy with the one like when he pulls his leg out and it's like this little fish like attached to him like that that doesn't look good either (laughs) (laughs) he's like what you gonna help me it's like bro i don't i don't know i don't think they're i don't know you yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um Uh, yeah yeah i don't know man i thought this one i was actually very disappointed in it overall uh i I thought very much i just don't like cannibal films you know i actually the one thing I do like about this film that that always keeps me coming back to, man, is the fucking soundtrack. I love the music in this film. It's fantastic. Yeah. Very I mean, memorable. if you directly compare this one to Cannibal Holocaust, it is worse on every level except for it killed a pig more hardcore. Yeah, but definitely. But Cannibal Holocaust killed a turtle way more hardcore than this one did. Yeah. This one's it's still tough to watch so when they chop the head off the legs are like all squirming and shit you're like yeah. oh goddamn <laughs> both turtle kills get me like yeah. that I think out of all the you know animal deaths in both films I think that the worst one is that pig and then the second worst is both turtles <laughs> mm-hmm. you know another thing I will give him credit for for doing these type of films I mean these type of movies just are not made anymore. 
because there's obviously a lot of different laws and stuff and you got to follow a lot of different uh protocols I and mean, i mean it's safety safety issue i mean these films were shot on location like just under extreme conditions and shit like it's it's no it's crazy to think that like more people didn't actually die in the film making of these films and shit i mean just getting eaten alive by mosquitoes just like parasites and shit yeah dude in that territory are like atrocious like i read a statistic that like in the amazon um 100 of people that are there for like a day are infected with some kind of parasite whether it's like fleas (laughs) mosquito like like ticks um like microscopic like dude every person 100 percent, not 99.9 100 percent. it's impossible not to be infected with some sort of parasite whether it's lice or something um there's a reason why there's a reason why two-thirds of the amazon has never been explored nobody yeah (laughs) nobody can live to do it it'll eat your eyeballs from the inside yep yeah i just have no ambition to to do that type of my moods to the Amazon, three million dollars, and let's go shoot fucking Nightmare City in the Amazon. Oh it would, man, what you called Nightmare Jungle, dumb fuck. <laughs> At least I, maybe that yeah. would be a hotter seller. It probably I would lo- be. <laughs> I love, I love me watching some like films set in those, you know, those Amazon areas and shit, like those tropical areas and yeah. stuff. But fuck me if I'd ever actually go there. Can- Cannibal Ferox is like it is indescribable how much of just a pure ripoff it is to Cannibal Holocaust. Like to me, it just doesn't add anything different besides a pig kill. No, um, no, it, it really doesn't. It's essentially, you know, at the core, it's, it's a very similar film. Um, just on all levels, it's not as good. I've always said that. I mean, Cannibal Ferox is, is entertaining to myself, but mm-hmm. compared to Holocaust though, it's just, I mean, that film, it still stands the test of time, right? This one is more for entertainment value. I mean, even that is still it's it's even a stretch to say. I mean, I don't want to see that pig kill over and over again. Yeah, I won't watch that version again. And honestly, if I watch Holocaust, I'll probably watch the animal free version, maybe because uh, I never I do. Know. I always I, say I I'm feel going like to. I only need to see it once. Yeah, I always say I'm going to, and then I never click on it. I always watch the version with the animal killings. I'm always like, why did I do that? It's unsettling, man. It really is. It really is. Yeah. So, so, um, Jeremy, do you have anything else to add on this one? So, what did nah. you like about this film, Jeremy? Just everything? You're just not a fan of cannibal yeah, films just, in general? Yeah, I'm or? just not a fan of cannibal films. I just don't. You know, find are you not a fan of cannibal films? Or are you not a fan of the jungle cannibal films? Because I feel like there's a huge difference between mm. a film having to do with cannibalism. That is the, the jungle. Like I didn't like this one. I didn't like Green Inferno. Wasn't really a fan. I mean. Cannibal Holocaust is clearly the best one out of all of them, but even that one, it's like, you know, I'm, I just don't find them entertaining to watch or or enjoying. I, like, I don't really enjoy them. Like the movie Alive, like that's a cannibal film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You like that? I've never seen it. Oh, really? That movie's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I just, they just don't do anything for me, you know? I mean, I can see that, man, if you're not into that whole indigenous type setting. And, you know, yeah. you know, the interesting thing about this film is, you know, it's Cannibal Ferox. And there's like, I think the first scene of cannibalism in this film comes at the 55 minute mark. That's actually quite compelling. You know, there's, there's not a ton of cannibalism. There actually isn't, man. I mean, the, the most hardcore cannibalism you, you get to see is a dude literally eating a penis. 
you know. And I mean, I mean, there's another scene too and stuff. But I mean, that's pretty memorable and shit. And if you want to see another dude literally eating a penis, follow Jeremy on Chatterbait. Oh, <laughs> Chatterbait, yeah, he's being moods to our uh, <laughs> he's Cub Twenty Two after, after yeah. Cub, Cub baby 20s? Cub 22. <laughs> <laughs> Our after show on chatterbait.com. Please give us all the tokens. Yeah, Baron Cub 22. <laughs> Come, follow. Come follow us. Ugh. Oh, God. We've devolved. We've devolved. So we just lost. <clears throat> we, everyone just shut it off. But uh, yeah, man. Um, I, I kind of like the hooks in the tits. That's pretty good. And afterwards, you could go on there and watch Married with Cock with JP and Jerry. Married married (laughs) with Cock. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, Moods, what would you rate Campbell Holocaust or Ferox? I don't know, man. I've actually never rated this film before. Uh, Really? Yeah, I don't think. Oh, maybe I did. No, this was 81. No, I must have. On the 81. I reviewed this. You didn't rate back then, did you? No, I did. I can't. I have no idea what I rated it, though. Um, but I mean, to me, Cannibal Holocaust is like a bonafide classic, man. I absolutely love that film. I think it's I agree. Actually really I watched well it for executed. the first time this year, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's re- it's done really, really well. And and you know, I think a lot of people tend to forget that that movie right there is the first found footage film. You know, and I think that's one thing that's really interesting about it. Even to attempt something like that in those days, I mean. It wasn't even attempted. It wasn't really. It wasn't really attempted again. I would say probably to the early nineties with with Dog Eat Dog, um, or Man Bites Dog. I mean, did I say Dog Eat Dog? Man Bites Dog, and then of course with you know Blair Witch. There was one in the eighties that Ghost Watch one, right? Yeah, that's right there. I guess there was. So I mean, but I mean to put in perspective, it was only really attempted. You know, up until Blair Witch, what two or three times, maybe, maybe you know. Yeah, so. there was an article I read a while ago where it was like, it was like you know eight films that preceded Blair Witch or like ten films that preceded Blair Witch yeah, or something yeah. like that. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, yeah, th- th- this one's it's kind of hard to to rate a little bit to be honest because it's not really the greatest film. It's actually kind of tough to watch at points too. I mean, fuck, you just hate Mike so much in this film too. He's such a dirtbag, and just love that he's out there trying to get coke and he's doing coke and shit he's a piece of shit man he's just a straight up piece of shit character man um but you know mildly it's it's a little bit entertaining i don't mind watching this movie i could really do without the goddamn pig kill um but it's just nowhere near and in fact this is probably out of all the major cannibal italian cannibal films jungle cannibal films this is probably i don't even know where i'd put it actually to rank them all but I'm going to come in about a 6 out of 10 on this one. I don't hate this film. I just don't think it's anywhere near Cannibal okay, Holocaust, where so I'm super high on Cannibal Holocaust. Like, really that's high. That's crazy. Huh. So, that makes me want to rethink my rating a little bit. Because, like, I I personally, like, I hated a lot of things about it. Mm-hmm. But I, it was only when I, like, directly compared it to Cannibal Holocaust. Because yeah, yeah. this film is, like, so similar like it literally lifts like that dialogue, that punchline, and 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 Campbell Holocaust, and like butchers it, in my opinion. Um, and that's all stemming from like their competitiveness too between <laughs> Rodero Diodato. It's, it's I think a Diodato wins clearly. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> think there's any debate here. Like Diodato's film is so much better than this one, and and I think that's kind of the probably one of the main reasons too. Like after Ferox came out, in in contrast to to 
to Holocaust is this kind of ended the cannibals genre, really. You know, it was like, okay, well, they tried to duplicate that. It failed. And yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done. I kind of blame Fear. I blame Ferox for for killing the the Italian cannibal film. All right, so uh, I came in at a seven out of ten on this one. A five out of ten. Wow, you were at, you were higher than I was. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I was really surprised, honestly. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, I still like. I, I mean, I don't know, I man. Don't, I just don't like them. It doesn't mean that. I don't think that should affect my rating on my personal too much. I just. You know, it is what it is. Hey, you're doing the argument that I always say, where just because you don't like something doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Like, yeah. if you're not into Campbell films, doesn't mean they're bad. Like, it, like you don't like these, right? But would you rate Campbell Holocaust a five? No. Yeah, see, I rent. I, I rent. I rate uh, probably Eaten Alive higher, Man, with Man from Deep River, um, Jungle Holocaust higher. Like, I, there's a bunch of films that I've read about. What about Welcome Ferox. to the Jungle? Oh, that one Is that was released by games? Dimension? Huh? Yeah. I don't remember it, dude. I, I, I've only seen it once. I thought it was pretty good. I can't remember if I liked it or not, to be honest. It's weird. Is that the one with Fan Dam? No. No. This well, is a, did. This is a cannibal <laughs> film. I'm, like, footage. trying to remember things. I can't remember it. It's strange. Uh, All right. So... That's that's the reviews. That's Italian month. What are we doing next week, gentlemen? Hostel trilogy. Oh, is that what we're yeah, okay. Hostel trilogy. Yeah. Cool. I'm super pumped for that. First retrospective of Eli Roth. Yeah. So here's what we're gonna do actually. This was a Marco uh from Finland. Uh he wanted us to do a director's spotlight on Eli Roth. Uh but actually I we were like really annoyed at how his filmography is because it's like Hostel, Hostel Two, or it's like Kevin Fever, Hostel, Hostel Two, then it's um, Green Inferno, and uh, Knock Knock, and we were like really annoyed by that, right? Yeah. Is that all his films? Five? Those five? Yes. So we were like, man, you know, like there goes our Kevin Fever retrospect. There goes our Hostel retrospect. So what we decided to do was kind of a two-part Eli Roth special where the first one is technically the hostile trilogy is what it'll be titled. And the second one will be knock, knock, um, green inferno and maybe death wish if it comes out first, uh, or we would do cabin fever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so we're going to wait. That one will be after January. The first part will be the Hostel trilogy, uh, which we will focus a lot on Eli Roth as a filmmaker to do it like sort of more of a director spotlight. Even though technically we don't really talk about the directors all that often, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we will definitely talk about Eli Roth. I think this episode, I mean, I brought up the whole Lindsay thing <laughs> with the cannibal films and stuff. So that was a little bit. Yeah, yeah, more than we normally do, honestly. Yeah, I, I just thought I'd bring that because I always thought found it really interesting. But um, man, I, I I honestly can't wait to see the house with a clock in its walls because that title is just it's 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 grabbing me, man. I like those type of titles. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's just like a long wordy title that's so Italian influenced, right? Uh, yeah. The house with a clock in its walls—it's fucking awesome. So. But yeah, Eli Roth next week for episode one hundred and twenty 
2004? Oh, it says on his IMDb there's an Eli Ross history of horror coming to AMC in 2018. Yeah, we talked about it on here. History, oh, yeah. yep. Okay. <laughs> that must have been uh You know what we pre- could do to f- JF2 era. To fill in the void, man, we could we could, <laughs> we could review his No, uh, it was like this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. We could review I don't know, uh, you might not have been on the show that it would have had to been the um sweet 16 show if you weren't here but I, I can't remember when we talked about it i mean we could also review nation's pride you know the film inside the film in glorious bastards because <laughs> <laughs> he directed that <laughs> did he, did, did he uh, yeah he also did thanksgiving yeah Thanks. that fake trailer which looks t- oh man how the fuck did he never make that movie man come on the trailer was so good <laughs> so good all right, so that is going to conclude episode 123, and also in- fuck his wife's hot too. Also conclude Italian Horror Month, the third annual Italian Horror Month. We of course will be back next year with four more director spotlights. I know you guys aren't that excited, but I am. I'm always excited. Well, some of the episodes bombed a little bit. Last week's show, actually, last week's show is probably I would say probably one of the lowest rated shows we've ever had. It's crazy. Really? Yeah, Thanks, crazy. Sam. <laughs> well, it's because nobody knows the name Massimo Dallamano. Yeah, so it's, like, it's true. It's yeah, Massimo Dallamano. <laughs> I mean, the Argento one did good. That that does make sense. Makes sense. Bianchi actually, did, I mean, it bombed pretty good too, but it did a little better than I thought. We'll see how this one does because I think Umberto Lenzi's name is a little more householdish than Dallamano yeah. and Bianchi. So they should do enough less than Argento, but enough to invest three million dollars on a title. Why not? <laughs> why not? If I had three million dollars, why not? But, um, yeah, I mean, we d- we always don't do the shows that are most popular. You guys should know that by now. We try to balance it out with stuff that our hardcore audience likes. Because some people really, really love Italian Horror Month and they can't get enough of it. And they can't wait for it to happen. Other people are like, I wish Italian Horror Month was Italian Horror Week. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, which is totally explainable, man. You can't please everybody. And, of course. Yeah. So we, we try to please everybody. But their own individual times right like we'll do an it show that's very popular but then we'll come back and do a coffin joe show that's not as popular then we'll do uh a texas chainsaw retrospect uh and then we'll do a earnest show (laughs) i do that (laughs) but yeah so we kind of we kind (laughs) of just you know we do what we want but we also do what you guys want it's a fine balance where other shows just do what they want and then other shows do what only their listeners want. We try to do a little bit of everything. Fuck you. This is true. What? Fuck me, oh, why? I thought you said you do a little bit of everything. Look at him getting all fucking defensive no. over nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised you didn't call I was like, why? I thought that was pretty, like, <laughs> profound. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, Jeremy. Open up your ears, buddy. So that's it. See you guys next week. Take us out. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 123 of the 22 Shots and Moods and Horror podcast. It's so crazy to say 123. If you want to follow the man Moods himself, please do so and tell him how he's going to lose all his money investing in Nightmare City, youtube.com slash mood 616. As always, if you want to follow the Mexican himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash double shot J and tell him how you're going to buy 
the full moon box at a 50% off tomorrow. And as always, you can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NESRoot22. And as always, if you have any questions, you can please leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. If you have any questions, you can email us at 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's 22 shots of moods at, ooh, I just fucked that up. 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. And please follow us on Twitter at 22 shots podcast and join us on the Facebook page, facebook.com search bar, 22 shots of moods and horror podcast and call that cinnamon dude, a dick face. Cinnamon. <laughs> cinnamon dude. Cinnamon. Zimmerman. 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 Oh. Yes. Cinnamon. Yeah. Zimmerman's in the hall of fuckers now. And as always, please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash. 22 shots podcast and that should be it for episode 123 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast we'll be back next week with the hostile trilogy we'll be digging into some films that i know jp is very excited to talk about so stay tuned until next week thank you everybody do, for do listening you guys know what this week is the this end. week right now this week the 26th the through first the second episode yeah this is our week anniversary of the first recording and the first posting, which uh, the first recording was uh, like November 30th. And the first posting was the first episode aired December 2nd. Well, shit. So we're about to head into our fifth year here, man. Half a year. Half a fucking decade. Right, right. That makes sense, right? 13, 2013 is when we started. Yep. And then to 2018, five years, high fives, high fives, pat on the back. We talk about Jeepers Creepers 3, Insidious 3, and Saw 8, and the the Mist series. That's bizarre. I mentioned it. Most of this stuff has finally happened. (laughs) Day of the Dead remake. Which is about to happen. (laughs) Sleepaway Camp remake. Not yet. Hellraiser remake. Not yet. Friday the 13th, 2015. <laughs> well, <laughs> we all know how that fucking worked but, out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's <laughs> truly awesome. You know, this is this is the uh, this is this is cool, right? I mean, this is cool. This is the 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 fourth completed year and heading into our fifth year. Mm-hmm. And we have done a ton of stuff. We're we're rolling up on our fifth annual Christmas show. We're rolling up on our fifth top ten of the year show. It better How be crazy fucking better than the damn Halloween one. This is Halloween. on you, peoples. Oh, yeah. Viewer's choice. This is, on, Sam Edwards. this is on you motherfuckers out there. Listen to my words. Vote carefully. Do not fuck this up for everybody else. Yeah. Or it's you coming can just from go and buy the second film so, and make us watch something good. I mean, Inside has still not been done. No, th- I mean, there's, there's, tons there's, of good, there's good Christmas films that haven't been done yet. Yeah, now if somebody says Bloodbeat, I'm going to be pissed. I honestly <laughs> hope they do because, holy shit, man, that we'd have a riot with. It's, it's right. so bad. Happy anniversary, guys. I still hate you. Peace. Make sure oh, to check I us out on Chatterbait. Way.